You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now! Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing Privatize with your pen And keep your eyes wide The chance won't come again And don't speak too soon For the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Was the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing Senators, Congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside region Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are a-changing Mothers and fathers throughout the land And don't criticize what you can't understand Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command Your old road is rapidly aging Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand For the times they are a-changing The curse it is cast The slow one now Will later be fast As the present now Will later be past The order is rapidly fading And the first one now Will later be last For the times They are a-changing Let's get down to it, boppers. I don't know, 
And for those of you who still think we're from England, we're not. No. We bit our plates and our trades till we think we might die. Far from North America, where the buildings are old and you might have lots of mimes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I hate the feeling when you're looking at me that way. Cause we're North Americans, but if we act all shy, it'll make it okay. It makes it go away. Oh, I don't know, I don't know, oh, where to begin. When we're North American, but in the end, make the same mistakes all over again. Come on now, Our buddies, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Second day in a row, we have a fuck-up with our opening songs. Pips, do you want my full attention? Because I let you run around in Chris Stanley world. Just let me know if you want my attention to go over everything. No, Ron, I don't want your full attention. Because, uh, please, I could be there for you. If you don't know how to do this, I could follow you around all fucking day long. Jesus Christ. It's some fucking bad news bears around this place. Sometimes uh, I, I look at this fucking show and I just want to do the same thing Cleveland did, the Ariel Castro show. Just fucking burn the whole shit house down to the ground so no one has to see the atrocities that took place there. Can't pull off a fucking playlist? I don't get it. Maybe I'm too fucking nice. You know, yesterday I'm fucking saying, oh, we'll give the interns a chance. Today, fucking three of them are sitting there like the goddamn Dutch army trying to figure out which way a, a banner should point. This is all too fucking hard, I guess. Maybe there shouldn't be any fucking shows. I don't know. I better sit down with fucking Rob. Take a fucking letter, Rob. Say, uh, okay. just say it. Ron says, Rob, I'm too much of a fucking easygoing guy. Too much. I know you're mocking me out now, Chris. I get it. Tomorrow's going to be your fucking birthday. I would, I would mock too if I let everybody, you know, if I found out my boss is like, no, just fuck up. Nothing matters. I'd fucking mock that fucking prick out. Everything like, matters. Does it? Yes. Great. That's your fucking guy over there. I know. And when he came in, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I need somebody. I just fucking gave you him. Yeah. I gave you your own fucking producer. To produce the fucking Chris show in your mind. Unfucking believable. One day, sure, I fucking left it off. Uh, not two days in a row. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run and Fez show. Oh, fuck. Who's on the fucking phones? That's Molly. Molly, come on. Jesus Christ. Unfucking believable. This is insanity today. 
I, it's my fault. This is my fault. This is 100% my fault. I fucking just said to everybody, oh, come in, man, have a good time. What's the big deal? It's just radio. And that's the way everyone fucking treats it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, nothing fucking matters. Good. Good. Now I learned my lesson. And all these years, no one could fucking shut down the radio shark. That's too fucking impossible. Billy Staples used to make that guy's fucking life a nightmare. Maybe what I need to do, bring Billy in here, have him train people for the phones, because he used to give a shit. Fuck. I was in a great mood on the way in here today. Probably because, oh, I know why. I, know, I, don't, I guess I don't give a shit about my job. Why wouldn't I be in a great mood? I'm like a fucking drunk driver. <sighs> Look at this shit. I don't want to deal with any of this. Penelope Cruz directed an homage to the ass. Well, uh, you know what? That's because Penelope Cruz puts her fucking head. No, no wonder that this thing is doing gangbusters on the iBank. Penelope Cruz put her fucking time into it. And her fucking staff said, you know what, Penelope, you want to do an homage to the ass, we're going we're gonna to shoot it perfectly. Her Dirk Terrell deb debuted. I have no idea what those fucking words meant. Dirk, 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 Dirk. Directorial debut. Directorial debut. Scott, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, how are you, bud? Good. Million bucks. Listen, I, want, I just want to say to you that this show has changed my life drastically. You I'm sorry. Can sit, not at all. You can you can be uh, surrounded by idiots five days a week and still produce the the, the greatest show on earth. You know what? Uh, normally I'm like this. I don't give a fuck. I'll carry it. Here, give it to me. You can't fucking carry it today. I'll carry it. But uh, two days in a row, it's starting to feel like a fucking slap in the face. You know? Maybe I need to make my Dirk 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 debut. Maybe that's what I need to do. Make a Dirk 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 debut. Actually, uh, someone bothered me to, in a very nice way, to come up with this other project. And part of me thinks if I take on anything else right now, everything will fucking fall down. This would kind of be like a dream thing, but I'm like, how can I? How could I even do it? I want you to get the whole staff together yeah. and just say, congratulations, we're killing them. I, I we can't. are. We set out to slowly kill him, and it's happening. And then I want you to kiss each one of them on their cheeks like you're a fucking Frenchman. I can't do that. I don't want to kill you. You know what? At my funeral, if I find out any one of you cocksuckers cries, I'm going to have a fucking bullet put into you. I'm fucking paying a guy to say, anyone that shows up from SiriusXM, and they fucking have even the smallest tear at that fucking funeral, shoot them from across the street. I'm going to get that down. I've been making my funeral plans of people who are going to fucking die right next to my grave. Get everybody together for a picture after this, though. Okay. i got to get it out to a hit, man. Oh, Jesus. I know you're mocking me, Chris. You know what? Today's your last day that you're 29. Yeah. You should be a child today. You and Pips, take the rest of the day off. Mm -mm. Go out. Go to the park. Go on those little rides that they have. And just, uh, that'll be today. I can't do that. You know, tomorrow I'm like, oh, let's throw Chris a big party, and then he can have the next day off. Yeah. 
And this is my uh, reward for it, because I showed weakness. Good. I'm learning a lesson now. I'm writing a book called Lessons I Learned from My Staff. Chapter 1. They're going to bang your ass. Hey, Adam. You're on the Run Affairs hey. Show. Hey, Ron. just want to let you know, I know uh, for quite a while now, you kind of went into the show thinking it was going to be a Ron and the Fed show. I just want to let you know, you've been doing a great job. You've no. kind of been putting everything no. on your back for a while. And just let you know, man, keep your head up. Doing good work. No, I just, I disagree with that 100%. You know what I think it is? I think I should have let, read more books about Vietnam because I came into here thinking, uh, all right, we're trained, we're ready to go, but everybody went native. I turned around and guys were wearing fucking big peace signs on their helmet. They're fucking... Smoking hash and listening to their Doors tapes. Uh, how long before they start fragging me? How long would they fucking uh, blame me for McNamara's fucking plans? And that's who that is down there. This whole thing went native on me. I should, The day I came in here and I saw these guys were hanging fucking ears from their... Uh, oh, I don't even go upstairs and look at the office because it is a, a, a fucking shit pile up there. Because I said, this is your office, guys. You run it. They're on the fucking 37th floor in downtown Manhattan. And they're treating it like it's a goddamn junior college fucking frat house. I don't know if they have frat houses in junior colleges. But assuming that they did. That's, that's the attitude. Good. I deserve it. Chris. Yeah. Uh... Send Molly in here. I'm going to talk to her for a second. Molly, come in studio. Don't you dare. Don't dare touch it. Molly, I need you to run down to the kitchen. And there's a big sharp knife that we use to cut meat with. Bring it here, and I'm going to cut my throat. Go ahead. Go get the big sharp knife. Molly, get it. Don't. Sharpen it, too. I can put it. Molly, I can't cut my fucking throat with my bare hands. Go get me a big, sharp knife. I don't want to cut my throat. Molly, don't get that knife. I don't want to get it. I don't want you to cut your throat. I, I can't have the slow throat cut that's going on here. I can't have that happen. I need to do it fast and quick and get it over for myself and the listeners. Uh, Bill. Hey, Ronnie, do you think the cancer that's been on your staff for years is affecting the... the, the Bill, you're a fucking cancer. You, you well, fucking call by a different name, and you're just... Uh, you're a fucking no, cancer. Don't. Not everybody can sound like you. I hope that's not the case. I hope all the callers don't sound like him. Did you get that knife yet? Um, no. I, I think... I think I'm not going to get it, because... I feel like I don't want you to hurt yourself. No, I need to. Mistake that we made. No, I don't. It's it's a funny joke. It's a funny joke. Everybody got together. It's good. No, there was no collaboration here. Chris, you're the rebel king right now. I I I applaud you. I don't want to be no rebel king. I just want to be. You've part. slowly put together an army of the night, and you're here to kill your father. I get it. 
Mm-mm. Your dad let you down, so you're going to take this out on me. No. I think it's healthy. I think in a Shakespearean way, what you are doing, the way you've got Molly, uh, Pips, uh, Shelby, that other kid, and Fez, <laughs> to slowly <laughs> put together a rebel army to kill me, I think is brilliant. There's no rebel army. And I think... We're a team. I think you've that this shows that you're growing as a person. I think that you're going to be the 30-year-old king now. You destroyed Dave's show, and now you're off to do the same thing. Well, I'm not destroying shows. I'm not out to destroy anything. I'm here to, to do good work. <clears throat> Here's my buddy, John from Mass. John. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Uh, the knife isn't in the kitchen. It's in your back where Fez left it years ago. Well, this is our friend, John. I'm stark. Love you, Ronnie. Um, I appreciate it. But if that's the case, then I give him all the credit in the world. Look, I'm willing to say when I've been beat, and today I've been beat. Two days in a row, we have fake. We can't follow the playlist. It's inexcusable. Do you know what this would be if we were in terrestrial radio? And I'm very serious about this. I've had friends get fired for playing the wrong song. Now, one of those songs was after Don Henley concert. He played Don Henley Must Die when we were doing it, but he was fired for that. But you can be fired for fucking up the playlist here. But in terrestrial, but this really isn't radio. And Rob will tell you the same thing. Rob will tell you the same thing. Everybody gets to to act like this is a, a just a, a fucking playground. No one cares about their jobs anymore. Jason in Detroit, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, cheer up. It could be a lot worse. You could be broadcasting from Detroit. You know what I want to do? I'm thinking about selling everything I go, own, moving to Detroit, and trying to feed... Clothe and bring Christ to those people. Missionary? There's so many of them. Yeah, missionary work. There's so many people in Detroit that have never had a hot meal. They've never seen a toothbrush. They don't know what a transistor radio is. When uh, sometimes they'll look in the sky and they'll see a plane going on over and they just point, yell, steel bird, steel bird, steel bird. I want to go there, educate those people, teach them to shit in a hole. You know, yeah. they don't have to shit in their own living room. I'm going to take them out in the backyard, dig a hole, and teach them to shit in it. I'm going to do something in my life. Up to this point, I just it's been I've been frivolous. No more. Those days are over. Um, Phil, Michigan, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, um, I just want to tell you, Molly, go get the knife so you can gut Fez. No, Ron, I love you. Pips, I love you. Fez, you're a fucking homo. All right, come Jesus on. That's not what we're doing here. Uh, John and Queen, join the Run of Fez show. Fez, you fucking faggot. Grab All right, come on. I'm, I'm not, let's not do that. Christ. Can I say something I think might, like, you know, bring up the mood a little? No? Yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say that, like, if it means anything, this internship has been like the best summer. It's made this summer the best summer I've ever had, and that, like, you guys have been teaching me stuff every day, and that's the honest truth. All I can say is what we taught you is going to take you on to be a failure for the rest of your life. That 
you are going to, to me, you're going to be like one of those kids in Animal House, like Flounder. Now, I know this movie came out long before you were born. But if you think the rest of the world works like this, it doesn't, Molly. Save yourself now while you have the opportunity. Go out, learn Latin, and try to become the first woman priest. There's a very easygoing pope, and I think he's going to crack for it. I'd like to see you join the military and learn to kill. Okay. I'll think about it. And when you get out, you can work for the Mexican cartels. You know what's the saddest thing I've ever heard, too? That this is the best summer of your life. Why? That just makes. I just think of every other hard summer <laughs> that you must have spent. Well, it's with her mom. No, it's just being neglected. Having like a really cool job and meeting cool people all the time and being in the best city ever. God, to be young <laughs> and naive to it all. I remember I used to feel like you, and then a dark army rose <laughs> up against me. I ain't raised no army. Chris? Yes. You're Voldemort. Oh, fuck. There was a time that you were so weak and quiet, but I had no idea. You were slowly building an army. And I didn't see the last one, the last of the Harry Potters, yeah. but I think he kills Harry Potter in it. That's a downer, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Listen, it can only get better, okay? It can only get better. And to Pepper, happy birthday, man. I'm going under the knife tomorrow. I can't listen, so have one for me. Well, first of all, I hate the fact that you're talking to me like I'm a little gay kid in the in the sticks. <laughs> I don't think it is going to get better. I like to tell a lot of those little gay kids, you still might not make it in San Francisco. It doesn't always get better. Sometimes you think it's going to get better. And then a dark army rises against you. There's bullies in the big cities. You're one of them. I'm no bully. And I have no dark army. I'm no rebel king. Why did, you know what? Why did I let you take those little puppies upstairs and then bring them back down as mean German shepherds? We need guard dogs. Those are just useful. It's Animal Farm. That's what I was quoting there. Hmm. Fucking Snowball. And Napoleon. Classic. There's Napoleon right there. Oh, what a fucking day. I'm telling you, I was coming in here. I was the best goddamn move. All right, this got sent to me. Rob Cross is your LBJ. That's true. He's just letting this uh, uh, war get out of hand quickly. Later, he's going to quit, grow long hair, <laughs> just end up mumbling in his own kitchen. Um, here's Eric in Chicago. You're on the Ronnie Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. First time, long time. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, neither do I. Hey, uh, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. Great. And I noticed you opened there with Bob Dylan. I was I was wondering if the playlist song that uh, you, you wanted to play happened to be uh, Idiot Wind by uh, Bob Dylan. Well, Idiot Wind would be uh, the national anthem of this show. Here's what yeah. happened. Bob Dylan was scheduled for yesterday. 
for yesterday. Ah. Yeah. And it went up on the iBang like that. Uh, which meant, and I actually did a joke, do we need to create two goddamn uh, playlists, one for the show and one for the iBang? Ha, ha, ha. We all laughed. Little did I know, the Dark Army. Just kill me now, Chris. It's the art of killing. I don't. I don't want to kill you. I ain't helping, but I don't want to kill you. Let me talk to a real professional, Mr. Jay Moore. JJ. Ronnie B, I, I can't hear you angry like this. Head's got to roll. You tell me who's on the chopping block. I, I send over Billy Hayes. He takes care of it. You know, I, I I'll tell you the truth, Jay. And see, the thing is, you don't know what this is like to run a ragged army. You're a big movie star, a big TV yeah. star, a big radio star, a big club star, a big internet star. It's true. Your life is great. Yes, it is. So, if I'm going to come down off the mountaintop, I got to know whose head comes off. Everybody. I just I would just run through here murder and and all right, we're going to go back to the Vietnam thing. This is my lie again. We've got to start burning down and, and taking children away from their mothers and shooting them. I think I have just the guy for the job, Ronnie B, to straighten your day out. Who's that? Why can't we get a damn playlist together on the iBang? Ronnie B is obviously super fucking pissed, all right? You're going to tell me that playlist out of the blue is going to fucking piss him off? That did help, because you know that's my favorite impression in the world. Well, you can do that guy. You can torture him now. He'll tell you he started the Chicago fire. That don't make it necessarily fucking true. This cop right here. Uh, Ronnie B., I yeah. love you, man. And Come on. Who cares? Move forward. You're right. Let, yeah, you're, you're the best. And every time I interview anybody ever or talk to any human being, I am trying to be like you. You are I know. Single best at this. You know what else is great, Jay, is you always mention that, too, to people. That's the nicest thing ever. Yeah, he is. He's the nicest person ever. Who just said that? Uh, that's Molly, my little intern slash summer daughter. <laughs> her, her head going to come off? No, she's going to live. Thanks. She's going to live on. Thank you. You know what? Maybe I just want people's feet cut off. <laughs> Stumps. You know, you got me in a better mood by doing nice guy Eddie impressions. So nice. That's what the Hutus did to the Tutsis. They yeah, they did. Off. They did. Only you, see, Ronnie, only you and I can have a conversation about genocide. I know. We need each other. It is true. We're joined at the uh, hip. I, uh, I mention you a lot because I like to give credit where credit is due, and you, uh, I know you, maybe you don't take compliments so well. I don't. But I will <laughs> say this. Uh, the actual, probably most influential person as far as someone's Speaking to another person in a way I, my whole life, wished it should go is you. It's true. And every, it is true. And every single time, I always go, like the great Ronnie B says, I quote you in the book, it's because anybody that's listening to the show better tell the fucking guy right next to him over the shoulder at the next cubicle, 
Get your radio on Ronnie's beat. Because Ronnie's fast noon to three. I know it's 11, but it's got a bit of ring to it. <laughs> They're going to take the whole goddamn country by storm. The man you just shot in five years in a federal penitentiary. He could have said my daddy's name and walked, but he didn't. He did Ronnie's time like a fucking man. <laughs> I'm so much better mood now. Just hear a nice guy. Just to tell me that guy <laughs> is going to decide out of the fucking blue. To whip Molly off! Larry, stop pointing that gun in my Molly! So this makes me feel better. I'm in a better mood. What the hell That lump of shit is working for the LAPD. Joe, you're wrong. He's a good kid. He got shot in the gut. It's my fault. He got shot in the gut. Larry! Alright. All right, that's the entire movie. <laughs> and all the characters <laughs> at the same time. The great Jay Moore. Did, Don't you call me a uh, Chris, did you get a hold of Jay yesterday about Barker? I sent him an email uh, yesterday evening, yes. Yeah, okay, that's nice. Who sent me an email? Uh, Chris did. I did. Our friend Jerry Barker oh. wrote a, a, a book about Notre Dame winning the championship, and him and Tony Rice wanted to do your show. Well, I would love it. Yeah. When was that? 1869? What the fuck? <laughs> it was 1988. The last How day. How about the ballpark? It's Jackie Robinson. Fresh black ball player with four singles. <laughs> Seriously, that's hysterical. <laughs> You're going to have to reset uh, that guy one day. Uh, you got time for a really quick uh, Led Zeppelin story? Yeah, go ahead. I'd love to hear it. Black Crows are in Chicago at the Checkerboard Lounge with Robert Plant. And uh, this told to me by Steve Gorman, closed drummer. And uh, word got up to the musicians on stage that Robert Plant was there, Led Zeppelin. I, did I tell you the story already? No, no, go ahead. You know this is John Mayer, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> he, John Mayer still hasn't gotten over that yet. It still makes him wake up at night. And Robert Plant is just sitting there with the Black Crows, and they're just drinking, and the blues musicians stop on stage. You go, well, a very special guest in the audience tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Liz Zeppelin. Stand up, Liz! Stand up! <laughs> and Robert Plant just stood up and waved everybody, and the guy goes, the man that brought blues to America, Mr. Liz Zeppelin. Come on, Liz, come on, come on up here, Liz! <laughs> so for the rest of the week, they just called him Lev. That's perfect, though, because it is true. Uh, you know what? Uh, now I'm in a better mood, and this makes me feel like JJ's parents probably used to fight, and then he would come down the steps in his pajamas. <laughs> My daddy. daddy! Gotta sing! Sing out, Louise! Look, Ronnie B is the complete package. You know, he can rebound, he can shoot, he can it's talk Sondheim with you, he can talk Woody Allen movies, he goes all the way back to the My Life Massacre. We're talking about Hutus and Tootsies. I don't know what else you want. Out of a damn radio host. All other radio shows have inferior potassium. My wife! I have to go on the air, Ronnie B. I love you. All right, I love you too, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Uh, it's, that's what I need sometimes. The major star just call me up and, and cheer me up. And, uh, Molly, you also have something for me today? Chris, I sent to you. Yeah. Oh, yes. This was dug up out of the archives. All right. A very special um, Molly... Recording circa 1999. I was probably like five or six years old. All right, so this is you in 1999, and who recorded you? Oh, um, my dad. Okay, let's take a listen. I had my breakfast. I got my books. The lone dinosaur. Wait, let's stop it. Let's go back one at a time, Chris. Come on. <laughs> 
right, let's go back to the first one and just <laughs> listen to what Molly's doing here. I had my breakfast. I got my books. You made up a song called I Had My Breakfast and I Got My Books? I actually think it's from... My sister said it's from Arthur. I don't remember, but... Oh, uh, the uh, the little cartoon show? Yeah, the Arthur. I guess he's an aardvark. It was from a cartoon and I did my own rendition. All right, let me take a listen. I had my breakfast. I got my books. So at the time, you didn't know that your parents thought this was the funniest, no, dumbest thing that a child could do. And I used to do this all the time. They're like probably over like 20 recordings of me just like doing these little ditties. This is also making me feel better. <laughs> I had my breakfast. I got my books. All right. Now, this already kills me, Chris. Yeah. JJ knew how to... Make me feel better. Yeah. And then Molly comes in and says, here's an embarrassing thing from when I was a child. <laughs> Run with it. I want you to feel better. Yeah. This is the kind of sacrifice I'm looking for. And this is why Jay Moore's parents never got divorced. <laughs> because that kid had so much material and energy that he held that family together. Um, here's Jay in Huntington. You're on the Ronnie Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie B. What's going on, man? Yeah. Um, I've been trying to get our buddy Liz Sets Fire to come back up to New York ever since she went down to Florida. So I'm thinking, you know, if she runs the show as smoothly as she does over the Internet, imagine what she could do in studio. The thing about Liz is she cares. Exactly. I care very much. She has managed to put my hopes and dreams above drugs, above alcohol, and above a fake cough. It's not fake. It's a smoker's cough. Is it? Yes. You can hear the phlegm in my throat. It can't fake that. I don't know what Fez did to me. He gave me this cough. It's called gay meningitis, my friend. I don't want gay meningitis. Speaking of Fez, you're the producer of this show. 35 minutes he hasn't said a word. And yet he feels safe about sitting there. Uh, let me hear the breakfast song because I'm getting a headache again. <laughs> okay. And my breakfast... I got my books. Now, here's what kills me about that little kid. She's attempting to hold notes like it's really good. She lo she That's the it. thing about kids. They think they draw well, and they think they sing well. They're constantly showing off. Those, we tell you the next one. The next one, there's like some vocal riffs going on. Hicks tries to blow us all the way through the whole thing without thinking. <laughs> um... All right, now tell us about the next song that you have for the us. The next one is from, um, I was obsessed with the Land Before Time series. It's like yeah. a movie series about dinosaurs. And uh, this was like a song called The Lone Dinosaur, about a dinosaur that just roamed the plains. All right, hold on. So this was also a movie? <laughs> yeah. Called The What? Um, it was a Land Before Time movie. Oh, there was a bunch of those? Oh, yeah. And then the, one of the one of the songs from one of the movies was The Lone Dinosaur. Now, did you think you played dinosaur all the time when you were little? Yes. Like... I was obsessed. Love dinosaurs. All right, let's hear. The Lone Dinosaur. All right, stop it already. Stop it already. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, listen to the coughs you're getting. People are so excited. You're getting a standing coughing ovation. <laughs> oh, this is actually helping. This is helping my head. All right. The Lone Dinosaur is the name of the song. Yeah, and my dad, um, 
like like completely botched the spelling of both words in like the title of the file. Musicians can't spell. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. He spelled it lone L O A N. Dinosaur. D I N A S O R. Oh my god. Here's the thing. You were a little kid, so we're gonna give you the opportunity. But he acts like he was also five. Alright, here's the lone dinosaur. The lone dinosaur, dinosaur, his tail was swift as lightning, dinosaur, his heart was pretty pure, dinosaur, whenever there was danger, he'd be there to fight the carnival, the lone dinosaur. That's really good. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> There's the ego on little kids, though. Dinosaur, just trying to hold it as if they're breaking your heart with it. God, that's funny. Was there someone around that could teach you to spell when you're little, though? Yes. All right, let's take another listen. The lone dinosaur, dinosaur. His tail was swift as lightning, dinosaur. His heart was brave and pure, dinosaur. Whenever there was danger, he'd be there to find the carnival, the lone dinosaur. Uh, he'd be there to find the carnivore? <laughs> to, f <laughs> to fight <laughs> the carnivore. That's good lyrics. What kind of things are they teaching kids? <laughs> what kid wants to think you, uh, the dinosaur needs to fight the carnivore? The conflict, because the carnivore is trying to kill it. He's going to get eaten <laughs> if he tries to fight a carnivore. There he is! <laughs> the big cat. What time is it? 11.39. 11.39. Here's the other thing I love about it, though. No, hey, I haven't been around for a while, but I got a line. Just doing the sniper line from the top of the roof. Oh, I love that. <sighs> Let's hear Lone Dinosaur one more time. <laughs> the Lone Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Tail was swift as lightning, dinosaur. His heart was brave and pure, dinosaur. Whenever there was danger, he'd be there to fight the carnivore, the lower dinosaur. <laughs> I also like the little pause. Well, I think you lost kind of, I, I think you lost some confidence that you're going to be able to pull it off. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. The Lone Dinosaur is the name of that song. <laughs> Maybe I'll just like send in a bunch of these, and then if there's ever like a rough day, we'll just play like new ones every time. Well, see, this is what I'm worried. When you go back to Boston College, I'm gonna be like one of those gorillas that walks around with a dead goddamn <laughs> cat in its arm, thinking that it's its baby. <laughs> and I always try to laugh at those dumb gorillas. They like, hey, they she still thinks it's alive. Sad. I know, but that's where I live, here in the gorilla pit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I feel really, it was really nice things Jay said to me. Jay Moore's the man, he's a good man. Uh, all the time people write to me, Jay brought you up in the last... Jay and Tom Rhodes always bring me up. I'll say the truth, Jay Moore does a lot more than Tom Rhodes. And Tom never brought me up when he had a TV show. That would have been nice if he would have just dropped my name in the middle of a sitcom. <laughs> Dinosaur! <laughs> Gonna fight the carnivore. <laughs> uh.
Mike, you're on the Running Fez show. A million bucks, Ronnie. He yeah. put all the screw-ups around you. Uh, I never thought we would get a, a song that topped which came first when Miss Molly just did it. It's what yes. happened first. Do you ever notice that Shelby never brings in cute stuff <laughs> from when he was a kid and neither I, does the other guy? I don't know if he has. Maybe maybe Ba does. I don't think Shelby would have anything cute. He might have just been born evil. I think he just hatched out of some goddamn <laughs> shell. <laughs> just fucking... Uh, he was probably growing in a lab. Just fucking calling out like a black crow. Dinosaur! I want to hear the dinosaur song one more time, then I can move on. The lone dinosaur, dinosaur, his tail was swift as lightning, dinosaur, his heart was brave and pure, dinosaur, whenever there was danger, he'd be there to fight the carnivore, the lone dinosaur. You know what kills me is like some guy had real rock and roll dreams. Mm -hmm. Ended up writing for a <laughs> straight-to-home video thing for little kids. And he's writing the dinosaur. What rhymes with dinosaur? Fuck the door? <laughs> Carnivore. God. Carnivore. That is also is a dinosaur. Perfect. And then somebody probably came in and yelled, Did you say anything about the lightning fast tail? Because that's what we're selling to the kids. His tail was swift as lightning. It really was. <laughs> I like the first song, but that dinosaur song. Forget about it. That was fucking strong. That was really your Hotel California. That's when you peaked. And you know what? I bet your dad was just... You know, sitting there, he's got his sax just like in the corner. He's looking over at a fucking Billboard magazine, seeing about the tour that his band's on without him, because <laughs> he dropped out and started having these kids. They don't care. They don't care that he was on the road as a jazz man. He had a dream. He had a guy in dream. Did he had you, the, the funniest gig last weekend. I was dying. He played with the Mystic Horns at the Portuguese Holy Ghost Society annual pig roast. Mmm. It's good food. Any free food? Yeah. Well, it was free for me. It was not free for other people. So you showed up at the gig? Yeah, Just... I did. Me and my sister. See, your dad would have been on the road right now <laughs> playing big it. venues, but he had kids. Did you see that condom commercial that we have up on the on the iBang? It's like the world's only honest commercial. It's 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 wonderful. It's like the most truthful thing ever. And here it is, just a guy watching children destroy his life. Oh. All because he didn't bag it. He's in a, pl a place of pain. Yes, and the kids keep hurting his scrotum. Really, it's a scrotum that got him in the first place. Yeah, this this it's this, so truthful. This speaks to me. Like, this is why I, I this is why I don't want that children. You're already at the age now, thirty, where you don't want to. Perfect. <laughs> because you don't want to hit the age that when your kids are in high school, they can beat you up. That seems weird. When dudes are like having kids older and older these days. At least it seems yeah. like it. And then you turn around and there's a man in your house. And you can't <laughs> defend yourself. 
Holy shit, this kid got really fucking... You, you spend your life like fucking George Zimmerman. Just walking around with a gun, ready to shoot him in the fucking chest. Oh. Matt in Canada, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if, you know, your dad was just really bad at spelling, or if he thought that, um, Land Before Time was about a dinosaur that loaned out money, <laughs> some sort of prehistoric loan shark or something. I just want to also point this out, her dad's Canadian, so they don't have a good public school system. Shylock Before Time. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard to understand your. <laughs> it's really hard because in Canada a lot of the teachers are talking, but they lost their teeth in hockey games, so you can't always understand them. A boat, a boat, a boat, and then they put in their false teeth. About oh, there it's there. That's what it was. Uh, here's a guy expected to cheer me up, but I gotta have movie stars do it. Hard Rock Johnny. I, I just had to. I, I, A, I need that song as my ringtone on my phone <laughs> with her singing it. And B, when you look it up, I, I found it on YouTube. She actually sounds better than the person singing it on the cartoon. Oh, I didn't know that oh, it was up on YouTube. I didn't either. Listen here. This is the actual version from the show. I prefer Molly. Now, it's the amazing thing. I got all these producers. Not one of them thought to do what Johnny did. Hey, I wonder if we can find the real thing on YouTube. Johnny, Earl, Earl was in here the other day. Oh, he talks crazy talk, that Earl. Don't lay him off, please. <laughs> Why, well, I didn't want him hanging out by you more often? No. No. <laughs> Maybe he'd chew you up. Uh, was he, he just talking right? nutty? Yeah, he's talking nutty. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. You know, I just I, I implanted that in his head, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I go like this. You okay with the layoffs? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> he was nervous. Yeah, because yeah, first of all, he doesn't. From working in radio, he doesn't want to let on that there's anything that he hadn't heard already. <laughs> <laughs> Looks that way. And I go, is Johnny gone? Hope not, because he does great. And he's just like, it's all happening. I'm out. I'm on the bubble. <laughs> Twirl. He does it to himself. Yeah, he does it to himself. That's true. He was practicing his swing again in the meeting yesterday. You, why don't you scream at him? <laughs> no, let him have some fun. What the hell he he's worried about getting laid off. So <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Well, he's worried about getting laid off or hit by a pitch. It's the two things that concern him. Oh, that Earl. Uh, all right, Johnny. Ronnie, cheer up, buddy. No, I'm getting there. Maybe I'll come by and see you tomorrow, and I'll cheer you up a little. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, we're gonna, we were gonna have a uh, party for Chris. I've been thinking about canceling it. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'll come in. You don't need a party. All right. You know why I was thinking about canceling it, Chris? Why? Meanness. Yeah. Just pure meanness. <laughs> All right, talk to you later, Jenny. Later, boys. You raised that pips to kill me. I swear to God, I've never had anyone that I worked for or with that I talked to less than pips. Yeah. Days go by. I don't even get a hello out of him. And he sits there in the dark. I cannot even see him from this point of view. 
Today, when I spoke directly to him, it took him a fez amount of time to answer me back. Yeah. I'll tell you something else that happened to you, Samson, cutting that hair. Nah, that's been weird since the since it got sheared. You turned into one of them. No, don't say that. Yeah. A suit? Yeah. Don't you say that word around here, Molly. Sorry. That's the suits, kids. The suits are different than us. <laughs> what was that uh, Michael's um, show? He. It was like before... I've got to think of it. I know it had to have him. He came from Iowa. Uh, Michael J. Fox. And he got a job and then pretended he was a suit because he got a job in the mailroom. And the guy in the mailroom was like, don't hang out with the suits. They're different than us. All day long, all I ever talked about was suits. Secret to my success? That's it. Thank you, Johnny, for looking that up. <laughs> all right, I think we should break and restart the show. Okay. Can we put the real playlist up? We're going to restart. Yes, I'm going to handle it personally. Like you should have? Yes, like I should have this morning, yes. Is there, was there no pre-show meeting today? There was a pre-show meeting, but the playlist did not come up, even though that was the fuck of the day before. Funny. It's not funny, it's just, it's bad work is what it is. I'm going to have Fez put it in his report. Oh, fuck. I had thought... I thought the reports were, like, slowing down a little bit. No. The report should be me and Chris are trying to kill Ron. <laughs> no, no, don't you put that. <laughs> Fuck that shit. No. You, don't, you honestly don't believe that that's true? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to kill you. I heard it from one of your interns. Really? Which one of you fucking scumbags is talking shit? <sighs> That's the way you talk to people? Well, if they're fucking talking tame, then, then pe tell me the truth. trying to kill you. Sometimes the truth comes out, Chris. <laughs> that, that's garbage. It's not you, Molly, no is it? No way. Of course not. Not me. All right, good. Then you're not a fucking scumbag. Thanks. You're I will not tell a fucking you this. scumbag either. I am. None of us are. <laughs> I am. You're just a dark prince. You ought to be proud of yourself. I can't be proud of myself for fucking massive fuck-ups that should never fucking happen. I can't. If you're proud of that, then you are a dark prince. You know prince. what you did today? What? You kicked me through the barbershop window. <laughs> no. That was the beauty of it. And no. that means you're going to be ready for your own career. Then I guess I'll become born again and move to Texas. You followed me back to the apartment and you undid that. Uh, light bulb. So when I start to screw it back in, I just saw you standing there with a towel <laughs> around a shotgun and you yeah. put it right in my chest. Congratulations. I can't be congratulated. You're the new godfather. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> Dinosaur! It's a good song. Well, Chris, yeah. at least you apologized. I'll give you all the credit in the world for that. I apologize as well. Who's that? Who just said something? It's me, Fez. Where, you, where have you been? I've been right here. Oh. So was Chris apologizing for both of you? I think he was apologizing for the whole team. But I should apologize too. I know. I, I just said that to... <laughs> Just to get you to talk. I don't give a shit if anybody apologizes. I give all the credit in the world. You raised Chris. Chris raised Pips. You guys got me. 
I'm proud of you in a lot of ways. My last dying breath, <laughs> I'm proud of you. Don't, don't, don't. It should be proud of this. We're a race doing hey, bad. Yeah. I'm the lone dinosaur, <laughs> and you guys are the carnivores. But you have that lightning quick tail. When you need money, come to the lone <laughs> dinosaur. Low rates. Thanks, lone dinosaur. <laughs> Payday loan service, this is a great idea. <laughs> the lone dinosaur. I have such a clear picture in my head of what the lone dinosaur would look like. <laughs> Sometimes I get a clear picture of your head. If... Your dad wouldn't have had kids, and he could have went out and been David <laughs> Sanborn. David Sanborn just didn't have kids. That's all he did. That was the smart move. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he doesn't regret having kids. He does. He, yeah. Every time he's sitting there haggling over metal with somebody <laughs> in fucking Europe. Just take the metal. You need it to build things with. Everyone does. God damn it. Here's the price. Buy it. He would be the worst salesman ever. Yeah, I would be. I'd be terrible. <laughs> Buy this or I kill you is what you'd have on your fucking card. I, I have a guy having some gasoline in this fucking office of mine. Yeah, that's why I would be um, bad in most straight jobs. Because I didn't give a shit whether people did, bought anything or not. <laughs> it really doesn't matter to me. Uh, gotta get that commission. I know plenty of dudes in sales. Doesn't matter what they sell; they just need. It really doesn't matter. They're just the salesman, you know. Yeah. Well, it's most. I mean, the product doesn't matter if the salesman's good. Yeah. Do you see the thing on the iBang about um, the guy who posted his commission on Instagram and then got canned? No, I didn't see this. Yeah. No. The, they didn't like it because they didn't want everyone to know what his commission was. Yeah. This fucking internet gets everybody fired. This guy <laughs> was the number one. He worked for Lacoste. Number one salesman in the country. He was the number one salesman in the entire goddamn company. Post his commission check on um on What was his commission check? I think it was like twelve thousand it was twelve thousand dollars. Nice. So somewhere some like a fat check. It was nice yeah. for that month, right? And uh he posts it and then like underneath these bitches like this is my paycheck and even if I'm even making all this money, I'm still, you know, with kids living in New York City, I'm gonna be broke. And then someone on his Instagram account dimed him out to Lacoste. And they're like, you signed a confidentiality agreement regarding social media. You're fired. Mm, well, that's what happens. Yeah. He did. It's a rough one. Well, if he's the number one salesman in the country, I think somebody else is going to want to fucking hire him. I'd let that's him work true. for me and fucking post all kinds of shit. He can post <laughs> wiener dick pictures for all I care. <laughs> Just keep fucking moving that merch. Yeah, there's the check. Now he's out of work. ABC always be closing. Alec Baldwin said it best. Who? Alec Baldwin. I called him Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. You're the fucking lone dinosaur. I am. A carnivore should come by and just bite my fucking head off. You fucking got me today, Fredo. You fucking got me. I feel like kissing you on the cheek. I don't want to be Fredo. I know it was you, Fredo. And you broke my heart. Where my wife sleeps! Where my children come play with their toys. That part of it where he just gets very quiet. Like, they're gentle. I don't want to yell about them. Amazing. It's nice. I don't know. I don't think it was that good. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> what are you talking about? The only Godfather I like is Godfather 3. The third one is the one you like. Yeah. They're pulling me back in. Uh, um, the helicopter scene. I'm in, a, I'm in this thing where I'm not even sure about film 
anything anymore. I don't know if I even want to be involved. I think I only want to listen to music. I don't want to watch any films. I don't want to watch any TV shows. I'm done with it. You've continued on your music kick? Yeah, music and books. Nice. I do them both together at the same time. I'm listening to this new album. It's called Lone Dinosaur. <laughs> it doesn't... Like, there's something that gets me about it. I don't love it yet, yeah. but it haunts me. The lone dinosaur, dinosaur. His tail was swift as lightning, dinosaur. His heart was brave and pure, dinosaur. Whenever there was danger, he'd be there to fight the carnivore. The lone dinosaur. Listen, take it back. Listen to where she almost gurgles the death <laughs> on, uh, on this last line. Whenever there was danger, he'd be there to fight the carnivore. <laughs> the Lord died so That must have been congested or something. Gurgling on her little phlegm. <laughs> Alright, you sang the dinosaur song. Time to get you up that steps and get to sleep. All dinosaurs need their sleeps, Molly. Watch out for carnivores. Right? Put you in your dinosaur bed. Oh, isn't that nice? I had a little niece when she came up to New York. She was like obsessed with dinosaurs and had dinosaur cards. And she would uh, go like this. She'd lay all the cards and go, What's your favorite? So I would point at one and she would go, Try them out. Which meant do an impression of it. <laughs> right? So I would point and go, This one's my favorite. Try them out. <laughs> all day long. Same thing over and over. One of what them a, could have been the lone dinosaur. Why do you think little kids like dinosaurs so much? Because they do. Because yeah. they're gigantic. All little kids. Boys, girls, like two-year-olds to like 12-year-olds. Do you, you think it's because they're afraid so they act like they like them? Because like, they are monsters. No, I think it's because you can... like. It's cool because they don't actually exist anymore. Okay, if they did exist, yeah. Nobody... If you did, you like people are afraid of like spiders and like sharks and stuff, right? Because they're real. But here's something scary that doesn't exist. Well, that's a really good pr premise. If something is extinct, is it still real? If it doesn't exist right now, is it real? Maybe everyone's just been making up dinosaurs this whole time. Now you sound like a Christian. Yeah. They're planting those uh <laughs> The devil. Fossils. The devil goes out and he plants a big old dinosaur head <laughs> to confuse people. I don't think they're real anymore if something's extinct. Because it literally doesn't exist. Now. But time doesn't exist either. They can't really, you can't figure out how that exists. But here's the premise. We could also bring them back in a very Jurassic Park type way. We're doing do that with the woolly mammoth. That's just a start for us. <laughs> yeah. Then we bring back the lone dinosaur. Oh, thank God. You having money problems? <laughs> you don't need to. Come to the lone dinosaur. Uh, was that guy's name Matt or Mike? I think it was Matt. By the way, did you have any idea of the impressions that Jay Moore was doing? No. I'm not there's, gonna lie. There's a movie called Reservoir Dogs, and there this character, nice guy uh, Eddie, which um, Sean Penn's younger brother passed away. Chris Penn did it, 
And as far as I know, Jay's the only person who does that impression, which <laughs> always kills me just to be the first at doing an impression, not the last person doing a Jack Nicholson. <laughs> uh, and it always makes me happy. That's that's his lone dinosaur with me. Hmm. Um, Matt, you're on the Run and Fed show. Ronnie B, yeah. uh, I was just going to say that whole premise might be why religion is so popular, because, you know, Jesus doesn't really exist anymore. Maybe that's why people love him. He can't let you down? Yeah, yeah uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, the way, if you follow Fez's logic, um, you know, Babe Ruth isn't real. World War II Because he real. doesn't exist, <laughs> yeah. World War II is not real, it doesn't exist. The idea, this always kills me. Well, you can go back and watch those fucking cowboy movies from like the 1940s and 50s. Well, you know everyone's dead. And those same mountains are there. Or if you watch Breakfast at Tiffany's or any New York movies in the 1940s, Fifth Avenue and 57th Street looks the same. You look at Tiffany's and all those people are dead and Tiffany's is still there. It always fucking weirds me out. That is fucking tripped out a little bit like anybody who made the empire state building is probably as dead as the egyptians that made the pyramids but that their building still exists they made that unlike our fucking job which just exists for a second and then is gone forever best summer of our lives bullshit <laughs> what the hell is your problem we Molly? wasted our lives talking can you imagine the size of the building we could have built by now if we would have been doing something instead of sitting around fucking jabberjawing all day? Serious XM construction. Maybe they should switch. Let's build something. Let's make like a like a no. toothpick bridge or something. Oh, what, are you fucking too kidding long. me? I'm tired. <laughs> I assume they're all made of toothpicks. <laughs> You're always a little bit of sunshine fest. He always thinks buildings are going to fall down. He thinks his building's going to fall down. I feel like this one, I'm getting a good vibe from this one. Watch. This is always, I can do this like in the vest. Um, if you just fall back like <laughs> the building's going. Makes my head spin with vertigo. That's oh my how gosh. easy it is. All you gotta do is get up and act like you're falling into the wall. And he's gone. Remember Earthquake Day? When we felt the oh, Yeah, we were actually up here when the earthquake hit. Oh, really? Yeah. And we're all just sitting here. <laughs> and then it feels like the building's going up and down like a basketball, like very, very slightly. Wait, like a wave. Oh, I, so I didn't get it there. I just felt like a little bounce, like up and down, instead of like not a sway back and forth. Oh, and weird. I'm like, did you, anyone feel that? You know, because uh, all I'm thinking of, uh, did some 9-11 just hit here? <laughs> and I looked down the hall. This This window was open. And I saw that everybody in the hall was just frozen, like just standing there. <laughs> and I bring it up, and Fez just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which was funny, because he was much more serious and calm than in a regular panic. Yeah. Like, you know how much Fez panics and every day's a bad day? 9-11, he didn't panic. Huh. He watched the building fall, didn't panic. Came to work, didn't panic. Felt a little sad and, you know, upset like everybody else, but not more than everyone else. Hmm. No one knows how anyone's going to react to anything. Yeah, I guess not. 
Back then, I considered him the lone dinosaur. Yesterday afternoon on the 37th floor, I just, I had a panic where I just really became very aware of being 37 stories in the air. Yeah, that feeling. (laughs) Oh, no. (sighs) Jay in Canada, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie B? Million bucks. Hey, I know you guys uh, You guys only did it for a little, like maybe a week, but I would love to hear Hicks try and hum the Lone Dinosaur song and see if we can make any semblance of what the song sounds like. All right, do it for us, Hicks. Okay, I'm going to play it here. All right, here's the Lone Dinosaur. The why don't we break and, and come back and play Hum Along with Hicks? I'll pick out a song for you, Chris. <laughs> okay. What do we got to give out? <laughs> uh, we give out. We got, I got signed DVDs. I got signed CDs. I got signed. I got all signs of great, great signed stuff. So you won't tell me any of it. I mean, I could have honestly said we have all kinds of things. <laughs> I got Rob Sheffield's uh, new book signed. Think about perfect. I like that, Raj. I like that, Rob Sheffield, so much. The winner gets it. <laughs> the, who, if you can guess the crazy shit that I'm humming, apparently no one can figure out. <laughs> even though I think I'm doing a great job, you get Rob Sheffield's new book signed. Let's not even break. Let's do it without breaking. All right, let's go. I'm gonna put these on you. <laughs> And you just hit the play. You know that song? Yeah. (laughs) This is a good one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this should be an easy one. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Make sure it's not too loud that they can't hear you over the microphone. And Molly and Fez, you'll also be playing. Okay. Hum Along. Do we have a a song for Hum Along with Hicks? No, I don't believe we do. Okay, so let's just hum along with Hicks. Okay, here we go. Do you have a guess yet? I have no idea. I actually heard one of the notes. I heard a note <laughs> that I know was in there. Fez, do you have any answer at all? I have no idea what this is. I'm going to give away. I'm going to give out this one. Oh. That was Queen's own Somebody to Love. Oh. Somebody to Love by Queen. I put you that one, huh? Uh, 866, Ron Zero Fez. Keep it in your head, and I'll find another one for you. Okay. So, on the line, the new book from Rob Sheffield called Turn Around Bright Eyes, The Ritual of Love and Karaoke. That's new from Rob Sheffield, and it's available online at Amazon.com and in bookstores now. That's now, been- I want to keep these um, 
somewhat famous because it's only going to help. It's hard enough <laughs> with Chris Stanley doing it. All right, this is one because I know it's one of your favorites, Chris. So it should be easy for. Oh, you. hell yeah! Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Molly, do you have a guess? I don't. Uh, do you have a guess? Everything sounds like the Star Spangled Banner when he hums it. I don't have a guess. Chuck, do you have a guess for this? Sum along with X. Is this a game where everybody wins? No. All right, you got an answer for Hum Along with Hicks. Yeah, I guess for the song. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, is this a Star Spangled Banner? Uh, hi, Bob. You got an answer. Rawhide. Not Rawhide. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I got an answer for Hicks. Hey, it was an old man river. Not old man river. Kendall, you're on the run of Fed show. Is Santeria by uh, Sublime? Oh! Hicks, say what the song is. It is Santeria by Sublime. Wow! Oh! Got him! Got him! How did you pick that up, Kendall? Uh. The, the the nice hint that it was one of his favorites, and uh, I don't know, man. You know, I that was Chris excellent. Are, you know, Chris and I are on the same page. You are. <laughs> All right, we're connected. And now, now. you're going to be on the same page as Rob Sheffield's book. <laughs> oh, look at you! Look, who's now doing the uh, <laughs> doing the the live reads. Got him. You got it, Molly. She transitioned into a live read. That's right. You'll be able to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got something fantastic for you, too. Um, yeah, nice prize themselves. Chris, you you were very fucking strong in that one. I'm very fucking proud of you. Thank you. You did. Uh, I'm just you, trying to kill it, you know, in the hum game. I noticed you got a great a hummer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this one should be very no, that's that's too easy, I think. Okay. <laughs> now now bear in mind I am, you know, I could butcher a song like no other. I don't know. Right now a lot of people are getting um the stuff that you've had to say. Which I'm very proud of. Alright, let's go with this. Alright, let's go with this. It's a very well known song. Gotcha. All right, let's bring it right now. Also by one of Chris's favorite bands. Yeah, this is this is a favorite for real. All right, go ahead. I know what it is. What do you got? Can I guess or yeah. should uh it's creep. Oh, oh shit! God oh. damn! <laughs> Molly nailed it. Damn. So. <laughs> I forgot no one else can hear music. <laughs> <laughs> we should just have a sing along with Chris. I love it. 
Um, Chris Stanley. Uh, this will be the last one that we do. Okay. It's been a good round of Home Along with Hicks. <laughs> Haven't done one in a while. Uh, this is a very well-known song. Gotcha. Mm for Hum Along with Hicks. Hello? You got an answer. Yeah, is, is that Hicks dying, or is that Tina Turner, I Will Survive? Neither one. George, you're on the run of Fetish Show. Yes, is that dance with the um, centaur in A minor? Rich, you have an answer. I, I believe it's uh, What Happened First. Like Mark, do you have an answer? Yeah, Fetish Show talks like a that's the answer. I think that's the question. Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. You know, I'm already calling about the wrong one. Uh, was the last one great? The radio uh, No, that was the last time. Bo, you're on Run of Fez. Bo. You know, I have no idea. He sucks. I have no idea. He's terrible. What? He does. What is... <laughs> All right, now, Chris, I want you to just sing along. Okay. Sing along with Chris. See if it's any easier. Make it easy. Oh, I know what it is. That's you singing? No, no, there's no song. I'm just doing the oh, guitar part. Okay. <laughs> See, that's what a lot of people don't hum to, the parts that... I think he hums the things in the background. I, I know, think he I hums to the drums. I switch it up, you know? Depends on what I'm feeling in that song at that time. I think the scary thing is this is what Hicks hears in his ear, in his head <laughs> oh all day. Gosh, yeah. For him, it's like perfect. Turn it up. Turn it up as loud as you can and then and sing along. I'm You can't even sing along no, with it. Oh, I was from the crowd, though. Alright, sing along with this song. Okay. Now, now, myself a little No one got it yet? No. No, 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 on the way. It sounds like you're speaking another language. It's one of the most famous songs in the world. Oh. 
That's my name. Somebody to the devil? <laughs> yeah, bad lyrics. <laughs> wow. Not yeah. even the chorus. No, I got the chorus down. No, you didn't. No, no, all right, I, I, half of it. You look like you were shot in the neck with the elephant <laughs> tranquilizer. I wish. Yeah, we do wish. <laughs> all right, let's break. We'll come back. We'll start to show. What time are our guests stopping by? 1 p.m. Fuck. I might have to cancel them. Oh, I'll, I'll get in touch. What I want to do is bring embarrassment to you. <laughs> <laughs> to let you know what it's like to plan something and have it pulled away. I know. And then you have to explain. Yeah. Uh, we'll break. We'll re be right back and start the show. It's the Ron and Fez Show. The Ron and Fez Show. On the Open Anthony Show. Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. To be free, one must give up a little part of oneself. Go! Already that time of the month Two days 
That's a little bit of Hedwig. Not exactly the one off the uh, movie, but uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Coming to Broadway now after being a cult film for many, many years. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, we got an unmasked announcement coming up in just a couple of minutes for the month of August. This might be one of only two that we will do this month. I'm hoping we get the other one as well. Um, they can't seem to keep up with everything that's going on. Chris, could you look into that one for me? You know, the one, the, the legend? All right. It didn't come up when we talked about it yesterday. Get a, uh, get a hold of Jerry Barker for me as well. All right. Um, I wanted to talk to him. Um, here's a, a kind of a, an interesting thing. It looks like football is getting rid of some of the celebrations. No. Uh, the spinning of the ball, no more. They've shit-canned Yeah, they've shit-canned the spinning of the ball. I don't care one way or the other. I mean, to me, I'd rather they didn't slow the game down and look like a fucking moron. What's the big deal? You got a first down? Ocho Cinco caught, uh, he caught fines for all the shit he did, right? For the fucking... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, you, you can do it. Yeah. You're just going to get fined or penalized. So no one's stopping you from doing it, but just know that acting like an asshole and slowing down the game is going to cost you a little bit of money uh, and hopefully 15 yards. Whoa. <laughs> Shit. And it's on the kickoff anyway. All right. I always like the celebrations. I think it fires up the crowd. Why does the crowd need to be fired up? They just got a touchdown. And uh, a lot of times it happens in the other place. I just find, first of all, the celebrations now, the reason why they're doing away with it, it takes place now every first down. That you have to get the guy to fucking stand up and point with the ball yeah. just because he got a first down. Stupid. No, there's a block. There's a celebration as well. Yeah, I mean, that is the perfect thing. Just why isn't the... Uh, center, oh, I just fucking snapped a perfect thing for him to punt. Now it's time for me to roll on the ground and take my belly out. Uh, I think any crowd that needs to be fired up by that are not a football crowd. They're at best a wrestling crowd. Um, it's worse. It's just the worst when guy, when teams are just like down, bad. And you know, they're not coming back. And, he's, and they're and they're celebrating. Oh no, I'm super bad. Yeah, we're down 31-10. <laughs> I scored. Look, I'm ripping this open. And I'm super bad. Those are the reasons why they're getting rid of them, is because the guys do not use them properly, and you can't depend upon them to use them properly. They should. You cannot celebrate a first fucking down. <laughs> that is stupid. Even the stupidest people who really would rather watch dancing than football have to admit that's dumb. All right, let's go over to Dr. Jerry Barker. Jerry. Ron, how are you? Uh, I pitched JJ today. 
I heard that. I was I was actually listening on a delay. Thank you very much for that. No, the, the only thing is, he goes, "What year was that?" Which you know, that's that's one of the problems that you're running into with this, right? Um, I just I think the biggest problem is that I'm an unknown author. <laughs> you're known, buddy. I thought what he said was hilarious. What was that? He said something in 1869, and then did the Jackie yeah. Robinson. I was laughing at that. Was very funny. Well, he's gonna. You know, we got to pitch into him, but he will be. You know. Oh, he's going to talk all over you if you're going to be honest about it. You won't get a word in edgewise. Um, and nothing back from Al Dukes, right? Still staying with him. I listen to you guys all the time. Fuck. No, nothing. No, that, that, I, I think that one's done. I, think he, I don't uh, get that. I don't get the guys in New York saying that no one cares about college football. I don't get it either. I think they do care about it, and, and the brand of Notre Dame, I think they care about. I would, sure. I would okay. guarantee you, if you went through New York City and said, "What's the number one team, college-wise?" Because the amount of Catholics, mm-hmm. you know, if you, you know, let's face it, if you like Ohio State, you either a went there or b grew up in Ohio. Mm-hmm. If you like Notre Dame, it just means that you grew up Catholic. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'll tell you something funny. The Notre Dame Alumni Club in Staten Island isn't mm. even made up of, of alums. It's all Subway alums, and they have a fully functioning club of people who just love Notre Dame, yeah. which I think uh, is pretty bizarre but neat at the same time. I, I, I was taught to like Notre Dame when I was a kid, and there wasn't anybody I ever knew that went there. There's a list of like six, just, just off the top of there's a Google search, 60 college football bars in New York. There's, and, and I'm sure they're all filled every fucking weekend with people oh, yeah. watching them. I got, I have them in my um, uh, in my neighborhood. And there's some really bizarre colleges. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you want to get together with people from your home? When you live in New York, you like to get together with people from you, where you grew up to cheer together. It's kind of a fun thing. Makes the city seem a little smaller. Um, what do you think about this celebration thing, Jack? I think it's I think it's the NFL's way of just trying to create themselves as the establishment and the players as the rebels. Like, I really do, because it's ridiculous. The The changes that are being made, I guess, is if it's done to an opponent, you know, if it's done in the opponent's face. But did they really need to even make the, I just don't see the, the need to make this rule. I think it's a way of saying, look, we, the owners, are going to get together and we're going to rein things in. Well, so I think it's because they have guys doing it on first downs, and they also have guys doing it when their team's losing by 20, which makes it look like they don't care that they're losing, they care about themselves. I, I love the expression of individuality in the game. I think I, mean, it's, I, I, I always found it to be fucking just horse shit and fucking babyish. <laughs> I did. I, the, the fact, you know, Hicks has had the best point of view. You don't see every time a guy blocks, he's up fucking doing popping. He's not fucking popping and doing the worm. It's just dumb. If if you're if you're down right and you score a touch, say you're down thirty, you score. You should just be fucking depressed and sad and focused. But you should be glad that something went right. But there. you're down thirty. Seriously, either in the stadium you're down or at home. Thirty. That would be like you getting off a line and feeling like I don't care about the rest of the show. You know what I mean? You would be a bad fucking part of the team if all you cared about was yourself. So if you're like on this show and you got to laugh at fucking twelve thirty-seven, but the rest of the show was shit, but you're like, yeah, crushed it. 
we'd be like, I don't know if that fucking dude gives a shit about his show. That's fucking embarrassing to me. And guess what? The other thing. You know what the celebration? When you get your check, because you're supposed to score fucking TDs. <laughs> That's the point of you being on that team. But there are, I think it shows them for who they are when they do that kind of stuff. I mean, there are guys that, you know, I've talked to offensive linemen who can't stand running backs that they've blocked for because they would lose the game by four points and the guy fumbled twice, but he had two touchdowns. And after the game, that running back was feeling great and talking up about how, what a great game he played. And it's just that's who they are as a human being. I, I, that's but somebody, I when about. somebody asks who they are as a human being, then, then other people have to say, look, you're not fucking fitting in to what the game is about. In baseball, when a guy used to fucking hit a home run and stare at it and watch it leave the stadium and slow walk, the next guy would catch a fucking ball in the ear. Because you don't fucking treat us like that. You don't treat the game like that. Um, when the, the sack dances started... The fucking offensive lineman ran at the fucking defensive lineman and started fucking kicking their asses. Yeah. Because you that don't fucking bad. treat us like... Are you turning this into something personal now? This isn't a job anymore? This is you taunting us? Fuck you. I would much rather see the guys on the defense, when that guy started dancing, to go fucking hit him after the fact. Go hit that motherfucker for dancing in your house like that. be great. And I agree with you. I think that level of street justice, I think that's really good about the game, that you can get your shots in. That's why you like Trayvon. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I, I can't even go there. I, don't even, I didn't watch the trial, so I don't know. But, um, but I do like hoodies. Um, but I think that was good for the game, but that's what's been taken out because it's always the dude who retaliates that's going to get in trouble. I mean, that's yeah, that's the shit game. that gets to me because he's, to me, the stand-up guy. He's the guy that respects the game. He's the guy who respects his team. Uh, let me talk to somebody uh, I can normally depend on, the blowhard. First of all, Barker, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you very Wish much. all the success. And if you want to hit the New York market, I really suggest you get Mike Francesa because he has authors on all the time. All right, good call. Francesa, the morning show, they're goofballs. But Francesa, he does authors. And also, go to ESPN Radio, Michael K's show. Those guys talk college football all the time, too. Um, regarding this issue, Ronnie B., bad sportsmanship is bad sportsmanship. And, you know, this is the ESPN generation where people want to do these idiotic dances and celebrations. And on a first down, when they do that pointing and they drop the ball, I, I love it when a team is penalized for that. I love it when they take their helmets off and get 15 yards. I, I think that it's just something you're taught as a young kid playing sports is that you don't rub it in the other guy's face. I agree and, with that. And, and also, you're, you're not bigger than the fucking game. You're not. And they want to make the highlight real. And, you know, what makes me even sicker is when these guys choreograph the touchdown dances and stuff. You get the ball, you score, you hand the ball over to the ref. Barry Sanders did it that way. Act like you've been there before. And I'm so happy that the league is cracking down on this. Uh, this, this I hate to say this, it's a racist term, but shucking and jiving in the end zone. Because it just, it's idiotic. It's a, a time waster. You can't do it in But, college. you know, this whole thing of express their personality, express your personality on the field. Gail Sayers... 
and fucking Barry Sanders didn't feel the need to dance afterwards. They danced when you were trying to fucking tackle them. And the idiot Mark Gastineau back in the day, I loved it when he got punched by uh, Jackie Slater that time. I think it was Jackie Slater. <laughs> yeah, it was Jackie Slater. It was a Rams game with Ferragamo. I remember that, right. And yep. I, as a Jet fan, I despised that type of dance. And especially when a team is losing by a large amount, it just shows it's all about me, 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 and it's not the team. And if I was a coach, I would pull the guy, put him on the bench, and bury him. And the league is finally doing something, something smart for a change. I hate putting on ESPN and watching highlights and seeing some idiot, like when Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, was doing the river dance and all that stupid shit. It, it's, just, it's just bad sportsmanship, and then the kids copy it. Mm. The younger kids in the younger leagues, they act like jackasses themselves, and when they score, it's like in your face, buddy, as opposed to good, decent sportsmanship, which is what it should be all about. All right, thanks, Blowhard. I know I could get Blowhard to be old school on this. Yeah, I think they got. I I would prefer if you allowed the players to retaliate. I think. Where this started, the guys catching a four-yard out pattern for a first down, really where it started was with the Miami Hurricanes in college when they were the best. And Michael Irvin would sit there and he'd do the, you know, the first down signal and, and all of that kind of his hip gyrations. And, and, and you know, here's the thing. And then remember how everyone acted like the people in Philly were animals for clapping when they thought that he was hurt. Bad. Well, he was hurt bad, yeah, but they yeah. thought he was paralyzed. It's because he's taunted them for years. He's acted like an asshole. Yeah, it's the ebb and flow. I mean, I think that's a natural ebb and flow to things, though. And it also, he said, "Beat me, shut me up." But and you're I saying that, what you're saying is jailhouse rules. I kind of. I mean, it is football. I mean, it is a game of violence. And yeah, I guess I am. I, I I've gone back and you know this and watching old games and tapes, and you could see guys getting their shots in, whereas you don't see that as much now. You know, if you hit somebody's quarterback late, you can guarantee on the next drive in these, you know, games 25 years ago that the other quarterback was getting hit back. He was going to he was going to yeah, get some retaliation. Here's uh, Ken in Georgia. You're on the run of Fez show. Uh, Ken. Yeah, man. Yeah. What's up, Ronnie? Good. Hey, you know what? There's parts of your argument that I agree with. I mean, I think you can go over the top but goddamn, man, you got to let these fuckers be emotional. It's an emotional game, and I, I take it you never played because you don't know that. Well, I, I played when I was a kid, but I, I never played on the level that these guys are talking about. But the fact of the matter is, Ken, if you're going to be honest about it, it's easier to get a touchdown now than any time in history. Huh. And it's easier to get a first down now than any time in history. They're already tying the defense's fucking hands behind their backs. Yeah. Look how embarrassing shit. the fucking Super Bowl second half was last year. <laughs> the the fucking Ravens, who were supposed to have a great defense, could not ice that fucking game out because the game is so wide open. See, they make, but here's the problem: they make the whole game a celebration. These teams come out to fanfare, confetti. They run out of smoke tunnels. There's a giant flag pushed across the field. The whole thing is a celebration. And now these guys are told, "Oh, don't get excited when you make a great play." So I, I don't see where the league is even being consistent on this. Uh, the problem that we have, if you even saying stuff like that, 
is that the sport, because it's become entertainment, has brought people into the thing that aren't sports fans. They are entertainment fans. And what you're saying is that it's really entertainment and it's not sport. And and I'm saying, let's get back to making it a sport. I know we want to have girls or people who fucking don't care about the game play and clap when they're not sure who's who. But the fact of the matter is, let's get back and make it really a sport again. Well, that's one of my biggest problems with it, though, is they want to make it this pure, pretend it's some sort of safe sport, and it's not the violence it is, and that's part, this is part of that ridiculousness, because if they can flag this now, they're really, what they are interrupting is the retaliation, that if somebody does that, because if there were retaliation, then the sport looks bad, and it doesn't play to the demographics they're trying to get, and to me, that's the most disappointing thing about it. It is what it is. It's a great sport, and it's a physical, rough, violent, in many ways, a mean person sport to get after each other the way they do in the game. And they, that's what they try and take. That's what they're taking out of it, just like you said about the Super Bowl. All the physical nature of it is what's getting removed. Uh, Jerry, I've never heard of anyone else uh, that I know as a sports writer calling for more violence in the sport. This is very, very interesting. I don't know if I'm calling for... I don't want to say... You, you, you're calling for retaliation. You're calling well, I, for thug life. I, I, a level, I, am, I am okay with a level of street justice. It will work itself out if it doesn't, you know, it, it, I, then you deal with it. But I, I do. I think that that's part of the game. I think... Now, if everybody's going to act professional and agree to act professionally... I mean, baseball, you brought up a great example with baseball. That you're going to get one in the ear if you embarrass them. But you could say in baseball all the time, hey, that one got away from me. No one will believe you, but you can say, (laughs) you know. Sure. You can honestly say, hey, I was trying to take it high inside, and I'm sorry. I missed by seven inches. Went right (laughs) in his jaw. Uh, Craig, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Jerry, still there? Yes. Yeah. Um, Have you ever talked, uh, Artie Lane's got that nice show on... um, I don't know what's on, but he lets guys come into his studio, sit down, talk about what they're doing. I think that'd be a great platform for you to, to get this book going. You got to go on Artie Lang show, dude. All right. Good show. Good show. I will put he, it out there, yeah. He, uh, good. he likes sports very much, and he can talk about uh, sports at length. He'd be perfect for you. All right. Sounds good. I don't good. know how he feels about college. Pepper, can I talk to Pepper one second? Yes. yes. If he can make it. Tomorrow's show on his birthday with less than five coughs. I'll send him a carton of cigarettes. That'd be fantastic. Let's go home some coughs tomorrow. Yeah, take that deal. Yeah. Give it to me, Craig. Um. The uh, there's another piece up. I guess there was uh, AMA yesterday with John Rocker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was up on uh, he was up on the Reddit. And uh, apparently it went just straight to shit. Did you hear about this at all, Jeff? No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm going to the iBang right now. Yeah, we're just uh, throwing it up there now. But before you guys know, I don't want either one of you to look. I want you to try to guess some of these premises because he's working on this, um, working for this site that basically puts athletes together with 
The fans. Okay. So for a certain thing... Oh, shit. I can't get to it fast enough um, because my thing is slow. I wanted to read this off and have you guys guess what some of these things were worth. Um, I ain't but looking. Let's, uh, so let's suppose this. Yeah. John Rocker, to go to dinner, what do you think it would cost? You have dinner with John Rocker... With John Rocker, uh, 400 bucks. I can't imagine more than that. Uh, Jerry, what would you pay? I was thinking five or $800. So which one is That's it? That's not what I would pay. That's what I think other people What is it? What? What, what? what is your pick, Jerry? 500 I'll go 500 It's exactly $500. Jerry Barkin knows a little bit. Uh, and if you want him privately to coach you, how much per hour? Have him come in and coach <laughs> you or your kids. Rocker Coach him in baseball or 95 like bucks an hour. 95 bucks an hour? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 50 It's $125 an hour. All right. Now, here's a good one for both you guys. Yeah. Uh, we have our fantasy draft. We can get Rolly Fingers to come by. What? What would you be willing to pay for that? Rolly Fingers? Yeah. I'll pay... I'll pay Stamp 500 bucks for Rolly Fingers. Just hang out during the draft. Rolly Fingers will be there, busting balls. <laughs> Hicks, I can't believe you took that. In the third round. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. 500. I'd pay 500. That'd be fun. Uh, Jerry, what would that. you play? Rolly Fingers. That's 1,000 at least. Or I'm going to say 1,000. It is $3,500. What? For to hang out for a couple hours? Uh, yeah, but he's also going to be joining in the fun. <laughs> Now, you know how we all like to get together and play flag football, right? Definitely, yeah. It's the best. We could have Tiki Barber come in. Holy shit. Play a game with us. How much for Tiki? Uh, Tiki's going to charge a grand for him because he's out of work right now. Yeah. A grand for a touch football game. Nah, he's going more than that. Raleigh Fingers is a Hall of Famer, so I'm thinking that that's what sets 3500 there. I hate Tiki Barber, one of a, a guy who I cannot stand, one of a very few that I can't stand. But I'm going to say he's going 2000 He's going exactly $2,000. Uh, but your team is going to win that flag football game. Oh, I would hope so. All right, now here is an exciting one. All right. Uh, Charlie Hustle, Showboat, and Pete Rose. All right. Will come in and have dinner. How much money? To eat with Pete Rose. Yeah. I'd say 2500 bucks. He'll come and have dinner with you. I'm going to go five G's. I mean, that's an all-time hits leader in baseball, Peter Edward Rose. Five G's. $8,125. Odd number. Yeah, $8,125. He owes that. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to get that. All right, so it fluctuates. Yeah, he's got to get that off. (laughs) He's got to get rid of that. Um, Now, this is... (laughs) I feel like this one is limited to South Jersey or suburban Philadelphia. Okay. Vince Papali to come to your bar mitzvah. You know him as Invincible. Vince Papali, the walk-on uh, for the Eagles back in the late 70s, by the way. I saw the film. Yeah. Buck 50 for him to come by. $150. For, at a, for a bar mitzvah? Yeah. I mean that's a high that's a high range that's a high end event anyway I'm gonna say uh, hmm seventy five hundred 
7500 for Vincent Fowler? He would be the most expensive person on this list. He never got paid that for a year. <laughs> Plenty. Right, maybe, I'm thinking maybe you were trending up. Each price was going higher and no. higher. Vince Fowler, $2,500, whose career ended 20 years before this bar mitzvah kid oh. was even born. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No one's, no one's paying more than that. Tiki, though. It's the father's paying that. And out. I guarantee you, this doesn't matter to anyone outside of South Jersey, <laughs> suburban Philly. Um, now, here's an interesting one. Kurt Schilling oh, shit. would come in one hour, 60 minutes, personal pitching coach. What would you be willing to pay? Okay. Um, for Schilling? Yeah. Give me $1,500 for an hour. For an hour? Yeah. Oof. I'm going to say, you're scaring me with that. I was going to say 250 $250. He's bankrupt. Yeah. He's going to be fucking charging people out the ass. I will say this. Chris Stanley is closer, but off by quite a bit. <laughs> it's $15,000. What? What? For an hour. Fuck that, Kurt Schilling, you scumbag. Now, advice to how to start up a video game company, free. That's all <laughs> part of the package. Uh, this came to us by Duke Blue, uh, is the person who put that together and sent it to us. Great job, Duke. Uh, I, and, and what Duke said, he's just given an example. These things go on forever. I guess anyone, really. Yeah, and, and all the players themselves... Set the price. None of this money goes to charity. This it's just your opportunity. I got, you know, I want to do something for my kid. What's the top, you know, what would it cost for Jose Canseco to come over and clean the pool? There's got there, to be a price. That's nuts, man. Just personal appearance fees, pretty much, right? That's what these guys are selling? That. Yeah. But it's a way not to go through a agent. You know. Or I guess they're like a, a merch dealer or whatever, because all those guys take pieces, right? I mean, they all get their percentage. I don't know any of them that are called merch dealers. They have agents. <laughs> they get 10%. Uh, but a lot of times, like, if you go through a party planner, you'll be surprised how much money they uh, keep out of what you're paying for the clown. You know That's what I mean? ridiculous. No, like, never. they'll tell you the fucking clown is 800 bucks. The clown's probably getting $75. You know, if you know a clown, you're going to save a lot of fucking money on a kid's party. I, I feel like this really isn't for the kids. The parents are just want to hang out with these fucking stars. Um, you know who, um, well, the bar mitzvahs, you got to have a fucking star now. And they pay a lot of, like Hogan has always made a, a ton of money. Oh, yeah, everybody's getting together for slow-mo's day. <laughs> what you going to do with this 13-year-old Hulkamaniac? You know, they make a lot of money doing that. That makes sense. Damn. I don't know why they would want Vince Papali. Do you think we can get John Rocker for the birthday party tomorrow? Um, I think it could happen. I mean, he's not I think a big we should do get fan. a quick Kickstarter going, like a 24-hour Kickstarter. I think we could get him, right? Well, he says only $500. I think that's All right. kind yeah. of scratch. Hey, John, come and on. And by the way, that's opening numbers. <laughs> I'm sure he's in town. Cut, he's a shame, couple hundred off, you get some plugs in on the birthday show. <laughs> that's just fucking hysterical, though. That's great. 
That is fucking awesome. Probably Rolly Fingers is since he is a Hall of Famer, he's the only one worth that. Rocker, or rather, Schilling is totally out of his mind. Fifteen grand for sixty minutes. No one's paying that. No, but the Showboat and Pete at eighty one hundred. That's a steal. That is pretty. I mean, because he's the all time hits leader. I mean, that's pretty good. Do you get to touch Raleigh Fingers' mustache, though? That's. I mean, do you have to pay Does more? Does he still have it to this day? He's got to. He's, he's not Raleigh Fingers if he doesn't. I mean, imagine if you paid for that and he shows up without a mustache. I bet if you said, uh, I want to sit next to Pete Rose at the track, you'd probably get a much better deal on this because he's already going to be there. Yeah. That's free money for him. So, you know, two grand, you're saving fucking 60%. And you got to handle his wheel bet. Whatever Asian happened show. to that uh, Asian wife show that he had? It hits and misses. I think it came and went. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't even think it, it didn't even finish that season, as far as I know. I got a call about that, and they said, Would you, do you want Pete? And I said, yeah. And they said, he has to bring his Asian wife. I, I, wife. I said, I don't care. I want to fucking sit in here with Pete. And then he canceled his New York trip. Yeah, never never came in, in the building. Never. Apparently, that the reason why he didn't come to New York is he couldn't get a lot of heat that he was looking for. Really? TV heat. I would still think, I mean, it's Pete Rose, even in New York. Matters less all the time. That's I guess I, made I think Dave did more. Really? As the years have gone on with all his, you know, the people and people, they don't like him. You know, the, the, the people who take the sports and themselves very seriously don't really like him anymore. Well, he never was a likable guy. <laughs> Raleigh, Finger, Raleigh Fingers does still have the mustache. I just found an older picture of him. All right, good. So, yeah, he'd be crazy to get rid of that statue. His fucking name is Raleigh. All right, if you could hang out with any athlete in history, just go out to dinner with. Okay. Who's the top of your list? Oh, shit. Because I got a couple. I, thought, I, I would think, like, Billy Martin, Mickey Mantle. But they're dead, dude. Oh, you gotta fucking play this game. I thought you said history. I mean, living. And look what he's thinking, Ron. He's all like, let me go party with those guys. Yeah, I know. The alcoholic. He's the type of guy to help kill them. What about for you, Barker? Um, I think I, to go out to dinner and hang, I'd throw LT. Would definitely huh. be in there, and that's Lawrence Taylor. Not legit. You're going to end up in trouble. <laughs> You're going to end up in trouble. I'm going to think, I got to be Dr. J, uh, and. I gotta think Joe Namath has got to be on my list. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, call. he sounds like he'd be a lot of fun to fucking part. But I also want to be. No, he doesn't drink anymore. If that's what you're after. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, if you remember, he had that sideline problem. I, I know, I know, but I didn't. He think... rehabbed after that. Oh, I oh I did not. Hear he about was that. embarrassed. Oh. He was highly embarrassed. He felt like he embarrassed his. You didn't watch the doc on him. I didn't see the. Damn I love that doc. But Doctor J's doc, I, I think I loved above all others. That was awesome. That was a great doc. I would think Larry Bird, too. Larry Bird, I think, I'd, I'd have to car carry the conversation. He seems like a that was starting to annoy me a little bit. Like, I don't want to be going, Larry, what's wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to feel like he's into it a little bit. I think you'd have to go to French Lick. You'd have to go out to where he's comfortable. Did you? Couldn't bring uh, him to the big city. Yeah, I, I, I'd go to Sam. But did you ever see that doc on him and Magic? Yes, yes. That fucking scene, Magic gets uh, HIV, right? Mm -hmm. And he ain't going to play anymore. And Larry yeah. Bird is fucking freaked out. And it's like that night's game. And he's, he doesn't know if he can play. He does not know he can play. He's so destroyed that this happened to God. Magic. And he's fucking dribbling down the fucking court. 
and he throws a half-court pass behind his back in Magic style. Whoa. Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. Yeah, I'm, I'm tearing up right now, and I, I remember the time. I mean, it it's, was amazing. It's I mean, just... so heartbreaking, sweet, beautiful. See, that's what I'm saying. That's everything that we like about sports. No one likes the fact that someone gets up and spins the, the fucking ball in their net sack. Or a good old DX chuck it. Suck it right there. That works well in... <laughs> you can see, like, Fez like that shit because he likes wrestling most of all. Oh, he loves it. I'm, I'm sure when Ocho Seiko busted out that cell phone, he was loving it. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, Chris. Did you, did you even get a look at that? There wasn't a lot out there. I know. Because there wasn't a lot. Well, that's for you, though, right? Because <sighs> your connections that you hope to take on with Dave some more. No. I got to get back. I came for you, you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nice. Hicks, what would you what would you pay if you get one of the Game of Thrones to come to your party? Let's see. If you get me the the little person, I'll pay eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars would be worth it. Um, oh, so one of the hot broads. I guess the hot broads. Yeah, that would be the better, the, the better pick. <laughs> no, Peter Dingles is the man. I want to hang out with that guy. All right, what about this? You could go out to dinner with anyone I've ever interviewed before. Yeah. Who would it be? Bob Geldof, I think, it seems like a ridiculously cool person to hang out with. And I've always, always from the time he came in here, I was like, Bob Geldof's the fucking man. Over in Nick Cage? Fuck. And somebody else that you would be perfect to go to dinner with. <laughs> you know who this would be? There's a fire on the mountain. <laughs> What was it like seeing all those shows in Egypt with the dead? Awesome, was it? You're the man, you know that? You know you wouldn't have to carry the fucking conversation with him. <laughs> It'd be fun. I would pick either Barca. <laughs> all right. I've been, I've been to dinner with Barca. Fun. He's a fun guy to go to dinner. Yeah, he is. He's, he's always keeping it going. And he wears a loud jacket. Yeah. He'll put on a loud jacket for everybody. Hey, uh, Barca, uh, how do you like your agents? Are they they getting you good stuff? Yeah. No, they are. They're doing a good job. I was all over the place yesterday, you know, with stuff. I'm going to be live in Albuquerque, New Mexico tonight, so you really can't mess with that. Uh, what, are you going to be on the phone? Yeah, on the phone, yeah. What show? Uh, I think it's called The Sports Bar. Good. Um, yeah, in Albuquerque, New Mexico at a uh, 5.30 local time. Now, do you have to act like you're drinking the whole time? I don't know with these guys. They actually reached out to me directly, so. But yeah. I, was, I was talking to your boy Donovan McNabb yesterday. What about? Uh, well, about the book. We were on the air. It was him and uh, Mark Malone, the former Steelers quarterback, on uh, NBC Sports Radio. And I thought it was nice that Donovan McNabb, who grew up in Chicago, remembered... You know, when he was growing up watching Tony Rice play quarterback for the Irish, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, why wouldn't he? You know, I mean, those guys are probably the biggest sports fans ever, you know? Yeah, it was nice. Cause I think Tony Rice gets forgotten a lot. Well, because he didn't have a pro career. Yeah, he was, you know. In this had, country. Yeah, well, no, he, I mean, he played in the World Football League, but he didn't Thanks. play in Canada. And uh, so, but in the World Football League, I think it was one season. It might not have even been... 
a full season. And But I think when you look at people think of Tommy Frazier, they think of Jamel Holloway at Oklahoma. And Tony Rice was 28-3 and as a starter for mm-hmm. Notre Dame. And, and really the first full-time black starting quarterback at Notre Dame. They had a guy, Cliff Brown, start a few games because of injuries in the early 70s, but he moved to halfback the following year. I just think it's a real interesting story. So I was psyched at Donovan. What do you think is going to happen to Johnny Football? I, I don't know. I mean, that that whole scene bothers me so much. I'm not a Johnny Football fan, and I thought it was going to be interesting to see if he had the capacity to handle all that was being thrown his way with that one. Could he be the man in the face of this offseason? But now, I just think it's ridiculous. He's signing his name. The NCAA, I don't know if you saw this, but Jay Billis from ESPN went on the NCAA website for merchandise yesterday yeah. and kept typing in players' names, Nerlens Noel of Kentucky, Johnny Football, and they would show up with their jerseys. I mean, it's just its an absolute joke. I, I, there's nothing else I can say about it. But Yeah, that, it's it, hard to believe that a guy can't sign his name. Yeah. You, know, you sign your name. Major problem. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a violation. I just don't – but yet these schools can make money off you and make right. oodles and oodles of money. Texas A&M can, you know, sell out of those number two jerseys for him. I, I just – and people – and it's funny to listen to some of the, the media members. I don't know if you've heard about this Division Four with the four major conferences breaking away or six major conferences yeah. breaking away from the NCAA, and they would then – they wouldn't have to – abide by these rules, and they could compensate people. You know, they could compensate players. Isn't it funny, though, the Heisman was this fucking crazy kid and then fake girlfriend. (laughs) That's the two people that were running last year. And who's the third guy? Like, the Kansas quarterback, was it? Or Kansas City quarterback? Colin Klein, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Yeah, Colin Klein from Kansas State. It's odd man it's out. Just, it's fucking square. Let them let these major football schools break away, and let them run by their own set of rules where they can actually compensate kids. The ridiculousness is that Northern Iowa can vote down NCAA legislation that if Iowa wants to give a kid a fifteen thousand dollars stipend a year, as well as a scholarship. So it, there's just it's just completely completely ridiculous. All right, my brother. Thank you for having me, boys. When are you coming back in? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe tomorrow. All right. I don't know. Is that part of the surprise? Oh, Did I no. fuck up the surprise? Oh, no. I love Barca. I, I know you do, buddy. I know you do. Mm-hmm. I might be I'll calling off Rocker. after what happened this morning, though. Oh. The only thing that could save everybody and yeah. your party? Yeah. Uh, JJ? Yeah. And Molly. Those two pulled me out of my funk. God and bless Pips. Them, both of them. All right, talk to you later, Jerry. All right, bye-bye. All right, we're going to talk drugs, from football to drugs. Now, this uh, movie is out called Off Label. Uh, It's about quite a few things with the drug industry. Number one, how many people are on these psychotropic drugs? Yeah. The kind that you like. Uh Uh-huh. The Adderalls, all that kind of shit. Speed. and then we got downs. There's just tons of them. But the amount of people in this country that can also make money joining the test and being part of the test. Oh and it's some weird shit what people are willing to do. Uh, this film is called uh, Off Label. 
uh, opens in New York and Los Angeles, California, this weekend. And video on demand as well. Oh, VOD. Yeah. See, I don't have the VOD on there. Yeah, it's got a note. How'd you head. get it? In my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we're going to bring in their co-directors, are they, Chris? Yeah, uh, Michael Palmieri and uh, Donald Mosher. Michael Palmieri and Donald Mosher uh, directed this film called Off Label. If you're on any kind of medication, and I believe it's something like 70% of the country is taking at least one uh, medication... Most people are on multiple uh, medications. Uh, a lot of brain chemistry drugs are being given out by non-psychiatrists, just your regular family doctor who said, oh, you're feeling a little down, go on this drug without knowing exactly what should be happening. Um, we're crazy in this country, but here we go. Off-label, let's bring in Michael... Palmieri and Donald Mosher. Label is the brand new documentary. Uh, comes out in New York and Los Angeles Friday, August 9th. At the same time, it's available on demand. Go over to offlabelfilm.com. Welcome, guys. How are you? Good. Thanks Good. for having us. What uh, put this um, film together? What, what first sparked the idea to, to do something about this? Uh, we were approached actually by two producers, um, the producers of this film. Uh, after they saw our first film, October Country, mm -hmm. and they were interested in making a film about uh, human guinea pigs. And they shared with us a few articles, one of them being uh, Carl Elliott's Guinea Pigging, that was a, a really uh, great article in The New Yorker. And so we took a look at that article and really thought, well, maybe this could be something interesting to make. And so we did some exploring with the idea, and that's kind of was the starting point. So there are people out there who are just willing to be human guinea pigs for the drug companies, and they don't know exactly what they're taking? Uh, they do know what they're taking, Yeah. usually. Um, the problem is more with the transparency of risk uh -huh. and dosage and combinations of drugs. I mean, that's, that's it's trickier, trickier area once you're actually in the studies. But, but some of these people treat it like a career. Well, almost. yeah, because it's it's a money opportunity. Yeah, you know, so in, I mean, in, in at least in our exploration of it, it, it seems to be more like something where, you know, there's people on the margins who, you know, they don't have many options. Right. And one of those options is to, you know, do uh, drug testing. But um, the film is larger than that, and it just becomes about uh, the the drug culture that we have in this country and we used to discuss drug culture like it was you know jazz musicians smoking pot and doing heroin and then became rock musicians but now the drug culture is almost everyone mm 
across the board, you have addicts that could be your parents or grandparents in this country now. It's definitely all pervasive, mm. for sure. I mean, that, that is our culture right now, you know, and it's been slowly developing over many years. But uh, Yeah, where do you think the changes start to take place in that? Uh, Direct-to-consumer marketing, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, I mean, in some ways, you know, the, one of the greatest, uh, you know, marketing campaigns ever has been sort of what's been waged by pharmaceutical companies on the American public in general uh, to, to try or take certain drugs for various things. Uh, that are real as well as I think you know somewhat imagined. Yeah, the well, I remember a couple of years ago when they were pitching the shaky leg syndrome, where it was a big thing that if you're the type of person who sits there and has a little extra energy, this you know, we know it's not life threatening, and yet go directly to your doctor and tell them, you know, I believe we're one of only two countries where you're allowed to pitch directly to people you can't do this in europe they have to you know the drug companies there go and talk to the the doctors and say there's new stuff up but in this country they want us to go in and ask our doctor for these drugs yeah and the ask your doctor campaign definitely is what shifted a lot of the you know, patterns of usage in, in in our culture for sure mm -hmm. that, that you know people going in and asking their doctor and as well as the marketing also happens, you know, in, in the zone of where, you know, doctors are also operating. So right. you've got, you know, a multi-tiered campaign that's occurring, and it slowly becomes normal. Well, half, if you go to the doctor, about half the people in the waiting room are drug reps. Normally, they, I, I have friends that are drug reps. Uh, in New York, it changed quite a bit because they've stopped from what they can give out. But it used to be... They had Yankee tickets, they had Broadway tickets, all the hard-to-get tickets. They've stopped that, but still, every doctor's office in New York, I can't speak for the rest of the country, is catered every day at lunch. So f these drug reps show up from different places and feed everybody so that they can get those couple minutes to, to pitch. You had a couple drug reps in this uh, film as well. Did you know much about this culture before? You guys did this. We knew, uh, you know, academically, we knew how it worked from right. from reading uh, Carl Elliott and uh, writers like Shannon Brownlee. But when we met Michael Muldani, who is the drug rep in the film, uh, we had no idea that you know there was very little difference between a really good used car salesman, <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody peddling sales health. Is sales. Yeah, sales yeah. is sales, yeah. and this is a. And as Michael says in the film, sometimes sales are shady. Yeah, yeah. well, it's a money-making operation. Like every other corporation, they have to show a profit every three to four months. Um, again, I'll use New York as an example. Hospitals are buying up the city. And I know this happens in smaller towns as well, where the hospitals are the number one business in every uh, in these areas. Uh, there's tons of money being spent. I mean, w we hear that we don't have enough money for health care, but how are these buildings getting built? Where's that money coming from? It's amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's part of the reason why we filmed in Rochester, Minnesota. Because, yeah. Uh, home of the Mayo Clinic, so you've got, uh, you know, an entire, you know, place that's, you know, essentially a, a large hospital on, on some level, 
Um, it's it's, it's an industry town. This is an industry town the way that Pittsburgh used to be a steel town. Mm-hmm. Detroit used that that we've found out in this country that insurance and health care are things that most of us are involved in. I know tons of people, most of them attractive women who are drug reps, whose job is to go into the place and grab the attention. And I noticed that in the film when you guys met some drug reps on the street, they were already trained to say, no, I'm not doing interviews. I'm not I don't want to be in your yeah in we were the, in the film we we just by chance you know ran into a drug rep like yeah. you say like they're always sitting in the yeah in the waiting room and you know we were filming michael who was an ex-drug rep on the on his right. way out and so that just happened by chance and but in in all fairness we didn't feel like that person that person also has a job right you know? and they they need to make a living and stuff like that so you know the the reason we you know blanked them out or one they wouldn't want to talk to us mm-hmm. but two you want to protect their identities because th- these people are you know trying to earn a living as well like you have to be respectful of that issue when you're making a film and there's know. also plenty of people who need drugs we're not yeah, saying exactly. that yes. everyone doesn't yes. need drugs absolutely lord knows that if you were in some kind of awful pain you would say give me the oxycotton mm-hmm. the problem i think that we have in this country is not everyone who needs Zoloft. A, a lot of people who don't need Zoloft are on it. A lot of people who don't need to be on Adderall are on it. A lot of people who don't need to be on Oxycontin are on it. I honestly believe that the people who need to be on it need to be on it. I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, yeah. Because, you know, there there's a woman in, in this film, um, Polly Yar, mm. who it's very clear to me that she is mentally ill. I mean, that there, at least to me. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but it's it's pretty clear to me that her conditions are extreme enough that, you know, this medication is obviously something that she needs. But in her instance, I believe what's going on is uh, she's seeing multiple doctors, and multiple prescriptions are being written, and it's really to nobody's specific fault. You know, the, yeah. the doctors aren't necessarily doing something wrong because they don't know that there's another doctor in the picture. And then she feels that she's uh, also sort of co-managing her own prescriptions and thinks that for herself, these things feel right. And I would imagine a licensed psychotherapist might say, you know, titrate this person off of these you know, these 10 medications and yeah. give them this one medication. So I would say that she would benefit from medications and she certainly feels that she is in a better place than she was on the medications. But it's still possible that where she is is doing more damage to her than... There's no she, doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. But and here's another problem that we have is that they, the, a lot of these doctors can't see the people long enough. Uh, Fez, who you met coming in here, we've been trying to, to get him. He's got anxiety and depression problems. He is almost the worst person to talk about what, what the drug is doing to him because so many times they confuse him. So sometimes he'll be out of it for months at a time before somebody else makes the adjustment for him and then he's able to talk about what he went through. So these things of trying to figure out when you start to fuck with people's brain chemistry, it's a very difficult thing to get back to what is normal to me? How do I feel normal? Um, there's some elderly people in my family that uh, I know that they're keeping too whacked out. 
and there's no tough because they have good insurance. They tr- they just do what their doctors tell them. But I've watched them kind of slide off into this quiet, different life. They're not the people I knew when they were younger. And how do you qualify even normal? You know, there's a degree of depression, right, and pain, and. Uh, Anxiety that actually I think are quite normal to life, and you know you shouldn't remove those qualities. I, a friend of mine was put on, I guess it was Zoloff, after his dad died. He said, "I've been very depressed." I go, "Your dad died. If there's not a time in your life that you should feel bad and down, it should be when you have a major death like that." But for some reason, we feel like. Something bad is in our life. This should not exist rather than deal with it or see it as some of the flavor of what it takes to be a human being. You know, just recently, I think the new version of the DSM manual came out and they were there was a new I couldn't remember what it was called, but it was essentially for grief, like in these situations, Mm -hmm. like somebody's uh, a family member dies. And if you are grieving for more than a period of, say, two weeks then it it's, it's satisfies the conditions, you know, in the current medical practices to consider, you know, uh, depression medication, which, I mean, my reaction to that is obviously like, well, that's kind of crazy. You're grieving. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, if, it, if the grief goes on for a long time or something, you know, I mean, I, I've been in a situation once where... Uh, you know, well, I took Wellbutrin. It was mm. for a three-month period. I've never taken anything. You know, it was actually the, towards the end of editing our first film. It was actually the very end of that. It it worked. It worked very well. But I stepped away from it within three months because it it felt like it was it had done something like it yeah. kickstarted something, and then it was you know then it was like okay that's enough you know. Um, so, you know, these things, it's the practice of medicine, you know, It is, and, and they also don't, it's tough to say who's the addictive personality and who isn't. Yeah. Maybe you are the type of person who go, I can get to this point and then pull myself off of it. In the same way that I know people who can only smoke a cigarette when they drink. They don't, other people, once they had that first cigarette, they were in. They're smokers from that point on. Yeah. Um, so we, th- there can't be a book of here's the way th- that human beings react. We just we are not like that. There's all different kinds. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you could look at this country and think there's no way seventy percent of the people need to be on drugs. Seventy percent of the people are finding it that life itself is too difficult to deal with. Here's what kills me too. That fucking Oxycontin and so many other morphines belong in all around the world. There's so many people that they get burned and they don't have any medicine to take. Where we feel bad that we didn't, you know, get the job we want, so we stay, you know, knotted out for two years. I mean, these drugs do belong all uh, at a lot of places, but I guess they just don't have the money to pay for them. Well, I, I could tell you one thing. I mean, I just had a, a surgery for... I snapped my Achilles tendon a couple months ago, and I went yeah. for surgery, and I'll be damned if they, you know, if they didn't give me Oxycontin for that, you know, after the surgery. And if I didn't have that, it would have been extremely painful. You know, so there's instances, of course, where, you know, this is this is sort of what we're looking at. It's like there's an intersection right. here where medicine is really necessary in our lives. But when medicine becomes capitalized in such a way that... Uh, expands the horizons of, you know, how you would give drugs to people. Well, how long did you stay on the Oxycontin? 
oh, it was only like, it was less than a week. Right. I mean, it was, I actually think I only, there was two days or something. And then I think they, then they step you down to like Percocet for a few yeah. days. And they give you quite a liberal prescription for it. It's something, you know, I didn't finish the bottle because you can feel that stuff is heavy. Yeah. For me, it's just, it's heavy stuff. Like after a week, you're like, okay, enough enough staring at the wall and, and doing yeah. nothing and feeling good about it, you know. See, I'm the exact opposite because I've never, they tell you, take it until you throw it away. No, I'm not fucking throw away. Drugs. <laughs> they are yeah. staying. They're yeah. being done. And I'm probably going to make the call back and ask for more. Uh -huh. So, and I had to actually come to grips with that and deal with it. Right down to the point where the last time I had an operation, I didn't take any, I had my appendix out. I wouldn't take any medication because I knew what it was going to do to me uh, long run. Yeah, there's like a body memory thing that happens with it, isn't it? I mean, it's, I definitely felt that from, uh, you know, just say six days. I mean, yeah. When you step away from it, you, you know, I, I just said, okay, no more. And, you know, that's not really the way to do it, right? Yeah. But, you feel nauseous the next day. You you really are withdrawing. The but, next time you try and take that, yeah, your body remembers. You know this kind of negative reaction that you have. The f there is no sickness like dope sickness. Uh, you you are crawling out of your skin uh, to get back to that point. It's a very it's a very tough thing to uh, pull off. You have one woman in the film that was just taking so many meds. That's Paula. That's yeah. Paula. Yeah, and. The and, and yours and what happened to her was, who's handing all these out to her? I mean, how do we get to that point where we we're watching someone, you know, taking down? Like you said, she definitely needs some kind of help. There's no doubt that whatever, even if it's just an obsessive compulsive thing. But how can she get her hand on, on that many pills? It's really not hard. I mean, you can. When, before my grandparents died, they had, you know, 10 pills a day, mm -hmm. you know, for various ailments or for the side effects. And that's from a single physician. And, you know, in a culture which is sort of perpetuating, you know, people sort of want illness, you know, they see it on TV, you know. Right. And, and so it's not very hard and the culture is conveniently, you know, the, the medical system in this country is conveniently at odds and ends so that a person can... can have two physicians who aren't communicating sure so if you can't get if one doctor refuses because they're sort of you know sense that you don't really need this medicine it's not hard to go to another doctor and get that medicine so a single individual can have a few physicians you know and then there's other channels which aren't so legit to get medicine if you want it to but, but then, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, when we talk about the sheer numbers, like doing 20 medications or whatever, I mean, you can really, you know, jack someone up pretty good with just two, you know. Right. I mean, Andy Duffy, who is the vet who came back and, you know, he's, uh, he goes into the VA and the VA is, they're simply understaffed, you know, they don't have the financial sort of backing to provide people with, say, the talk therapy that they want, which mm -hmm. is really what a lot of them want, right? But what they can do and what they're equipped to do is to dispense uh, medication. So, you know, Andy, I think, was on, he was on uh, Clonopin and Zoloft or, you know, a combination of, you know, two different kinds of drugs. But, you know, we saw him, you know, in a, in a period where he was deeply in that and we saw him outside of it. And it was only by his own sort of agency that he pulled himself out of that situation. We watched him get better, mm -hmm. you know. Um, those and what drugs he didn't like, work for him. In some cases, they might work for other people because these people are come. They have extreme stress, you know. So, 
you know, in some of the cases, I think it is alleviating the problems, but, you know, not with no oversight. That's insanity. Well, yeah. for him, I thought what was interesting is what helped him is to be around other people yeah. who had been a little further on down the road. The talk therapy with me and you would never work because yeah. we have no idea what he saw, what it felt like to be back here. It's yeah. only the fact that, that those guys uh, get together and and basically take some time to go, what the fuck mm-hmm. was that? What are we doing back here? You know, because a lot of them come back here and and see us who are so naive or, or ignorant to the places that we saw them, and and we turn them off. You know, we got to keep those guys together. But again, there, what drug could possibly make you forget or be okay with the things that this kid saw? Exactly, and I mean, I think it speaks to the whole problem and if you are just negating trauma anxiety depression rather than you know sharing it if if you are chemically incapable of touching that these very you know live human parts of yourself you can't share them with others so you just end up isolated and the isolation perpetuates the situation so you're basically it's it's like a painkiller you the pain is still there and the wound is still there you just don't feel it so yeah. that's not really going to help. It's not going to alleviate any of the pressure building up or any of the loneliness or any of the the situations that so many people find themselves in. You know, it's just, it's all symptomatic treatment. And then you got to wonder what we're asking of our livers because you can't go on like that. These things, you know, what the, the that filter was never supposed to work for these chemicals. Uh, it's amazing stuff that it's not talked about more. It's certainly not going to be on the evening news because watch what the commercials are for the evening news. Uh, you, if they put you guys, what you guys have done at seven o'clock at night, they they'd yank it by seven thirty. This would not be able to play on the networks because that's who's buying that time. Old people watch those shows, so we're pitching them drugs. Every single night. So we can't even count on the media to do this stuff. Um, I think it's great that you're going straight to On Demand with this as well as opening up in theaters. It happens uh, in New York and Los Angeles. August 19th is the same day that you're going to... It's this this Friday, August 9th. This this Friday, the 9th. And then you're going to On Demand the same time? Yes. Yeah. iTunes. Uh, And on iTunes, offlabelfilm.com. Uh, Michael and Donald, thanks so much for stopping by, guys. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for having us. I'll see you next time coming through.
Alex, I should just do a documentary about you and your drug intake. <laughs> I mean, I thought the cameras following me around. I don't want to get anyone arrested, though. You would be the one arrested. The thing would end with you being arrested and the judge <laughs> literally throwing away the key. I'd be so fucked up. They wouldn't even let me out between, like, the sentencing. But when you talk, when you talk to a guy like him who said, they gave me Oxycontin and I couldn't wait to get off it. I cannot relate to that. I mean, he said, I was like, we're different people. Some people <laughs> are just not addictive. Yeah. Um, like, I got my wisdom teeth out. They gave me some uh, Vicodins. I was taking double the dosage, first try up the bat, because I was right. like, all right, this, what? They recommend dosage ain't going to do shit. And then, you know, two days later, I'm like, yeah, I need this fucking another refill. You told me I could call, right? I need, I need more, because I'm still in pain. And any time I've ever been given fucking legit painkillers, you know, from a doctor when I have a script for Have it. you ever been turned down, like, when you go back to do the straight, uh -huh. like, second or third time? Yeah, like, you... It's very you, embarrassing. <laughs> you can't do this. Like, come on. I need them. I'm in pain, you asshole. I need this. <sighs> Bad. Not, not, the, not a proud moment. You know, I was trying to fucking get over. Well, you know what's really funny is dentists. I don't know whether you know this or not, but dentists always know who the alcoholics and addicts are because those people need more gas and more Novocaine. Oh, shit. So when you are a drunk or uh, an addict, you feel the pain of a root canal more than a person who's not. That's so fucking weird. I guess because you're numb more often, so when... I, I, I couldn't tell you the reasons. Maybe there's somebody out there who understands the medical reasons, but I've heard this time and time again, that you will actually feel uh, the pain um, more than anyone else. And you'll be like, no, it hurts. Can I have more Novocaine? Yeah. And then you'll say, can I have more pills? Well, that's why, when the last when I had to go get cavities full, whether two months ago or whatever, I was having just fucking pump my face full of this shit. And I was like, I still feel it. I still feel it. Please, more. Yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing about you, too. You also take fistful of aspirins. And, you know what I mean? Like, you know when it's like that. But when I was really at my worst, right? So I had gone through this uh, windshield and fucked up my head. Jesus. I tore the skin off. Um, kind of, you kind of almost scalp yourself when you go through a windshield, your forehead. So what they had to do was run a lathe across my forehead to get rid of all the skin so that I would grow in new baby skin. Okay, fresh, like the, fresh shit. Like, if you feel the skin on my forehead right now, it's like the skin of a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> I mean, the skin on my forehead is nicer than Molly's skin. <laughs> Because uh, I reboot it. I reboot it, right? Yeah. So they're, they give me the morphine drip, and they're like, this is going to knock you out. And they start to lay it. While I'm fucking sitting there talking, I'm like, I'm going to need a little more. You know, you got to amp it up a little bit. Yeah. Never did, you know, go away on it. But I really could feel the pain of the lathe. Christ like, I'm not making that up even now. Like, I still could feel the sting, and I was like, I'd like a little more. And then finally, the girl who was in charge of the drip, she, like, yells at me, but she's almost crying. She, was, she goes like this, anymore, we'll kill you! She just, <laughs> like, there wasn't, like, she didn't even have, like, a beef for one second before that. You know? And then she yells that out. That's which, passive lady. Yeah, which was, was kind of... Um,
a, a a weird fucking thing to see or do. But then, like, here's the other thing that you know, like, when you're, like, addictive. So they wanted me to, you know, lay down uh, after I had it done until the morphine. Yeah. All you want to do is fucking sit up. And stay, you know what I mean? You, yeah, you so. battle the nods back yeah. as to not waste it with a nice long sleep. God, it's so stupid. Um, here's our buddy Andy in Cleveland. Yeah. And I was, I, I'm so stoked to see this because I was totally blown away. Last year I um, got health insurance for the first time in like seven years. And uh, it turns out it's not good to wait seven years in between doctor's visits. But um, they, get, they put me, everything they put me on carried the same warning label, like you said, Ron. It, it turns your liver into a punching bag. And so, you know, on top of having to take this medication, now they're telling you, oh, yeah, by the way, you can't drink ever again. All right. And it's kind of like, what, what, whoa. So, you, you know... But first of all, uh, doc, I, what my doctor is crazy about statins, and you know, I, I beg everybody out there to do the research because they're not for everybody, and the physicians think they're God's cure to everything. Um, and then on top of it, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not even forty, and I, every week I'm taking um, a six pill dose of methotrexate for arthritis which is a chemotherapy drug for children that they discovered. Oh, by the way, it also helps inflammation. And on top of that, I have to take folic acid. I take more folic acid than a pregnant woman because the methotrexate leaches that out of my system. So, you know, it, it's what, what I would love to, I'm hoping they address this in this, in this film, but one of the biggest problems we have in the country is we don't work towards a cure anymore. All these companies aren't researching cures; they're just researching better treatments. It's ex you're exactly right, and I, uh, uh, you, uh, you honestly couldn't do enough films on this. You really couldn't because there's oh, so no. many different things. But you are yeah. right; there is no money in a cure. It's just like we when people go, "Oh, we've you know we've cured AIDS." No, we've taken the HIV process and really slowed it down till it's a lifetime thing that you deal with. You know, and that's we're not the really. No, sorry, Ron. The, uh, that was the really dark thing is that when the cure, when, even when the treatments get too good, like if they get a treatment that really works, they screw with it so uh, it, it can only be affordable by the upper echelon to make the most money out of it. The, the big point, the big case was. Um, some of these anti-inflammatory drugs for arthritis, like rheumatoid and psoriatic that I have, um, the, like Enbrel, you hear about a lot on the golf uh, golf shows because the, the the guy, the one guy, I think Nicholson is, is a spokesperson, and they came out with that drug. It worked amazingly well, and for the people who first started taking it, it cost them sixty bucks a month when it was first rolled out. When they found out how well it was working. They actually screwed with the FDA and found a loophole in, in their uh, stuff that said they didn't have to farm out a generic, which meant they could raise the price to whatever they wanted. And when the FDA said, hey, 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 you can't do that, they said, oh, yeah, by the way, we also make these cancer drugs for kids. If you're not going to let us do that, 
we can't guarantee further production of these cancer uh, these cancer drugs for children. And I don't think you want that on your conscience, so you're going to let us do this. So now those drugs that cost people 60 bucks a month, just so you can move and exist, now cost them $2,000 and up a month. And no insurance pays for that drug, those drugs. That's the craziest thing of all. It's like, how are you ever supposed to pay this thing out, you know? Yeah, um, it's, it's, fucking, it's fucking nuts. I did, I did health insurance for, like, uh, a heartbeat uh, right, right before I started really uh, being a part of, of this. And uh, it, it was so, it, it, I, I learned way too much and got the hell out. I just, it was just, it was fucking crazy. All right, thanks, buddy. Talk to you later, bye. Normally he's all happy talking about some kind of superhero thing. I had no idea. Damn, Andy. He's like a comic book guy. He's Dr. Glass. You know, I was just, uh, I'm reading this other book. Have you ever heard of Rhino Records? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. Well, the guy who started that has a book out. And it's amazing how much a record store is like a comic book store. Well, with you your hardcores I mean? and... Uh... Yeah, your hardcores <laughs> and a lot of people just hanging out there to talk about stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Rhino Records started as a record store first before they started producing their own stuff. Basically like High Fidelity, right? Um, high Fidelity. I, 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 have you ever read the book? I never read the book. I've always seen the film. Um, I, I think that he's a terrific writer. And, uh, you know, to be a really good writer, you don't have to write about really big topics, but just be kind of realistic about the way things are, like subcultures that you never even gave a lot of thought to. Uh... It's really good. It's really fucking strong. And that's the, the weird thing that kids don't have, that kind of neighborhood record store. And I'm not talking about a fucking Tower Records. I'm talking about the weird guy who sold pipes and albums. You know what I mean? <laughs> With a little sign that said, these pipes are for tobacco ever. Really? Because I've never known anyone to smoke tobacco out of a bong. That's the tobacco pipe, but don't you say any different. Listen, people are listening on, on this. I bet, or wonder if, Shelby and Molly have ever been in a true record store. I'll say Molly, definitely not. Shelby, there's an outside chance. Being that he grew up in Portland, I, I think Portland, I think like New York, we'll still have a couple. Even though in New York... See, I think that, that Molly might have went with her dad, though. Oh, shit. Because there's always... An independent thing would always have a good jazz section. Yeah. Yeah. And she does know a little bit about jazz. She's going to plenty of shows with her dad. Shelby knows a little bit about jizz. More than a little. Oh, God. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi. Yeah, yeah. I've actually um, dealt with this exact same thing, and you're absolutely right. It's a medical condition called hyperalgesia. When I was 19, I was in a really bad car accident. And over the last 13 years, doctor prescribed me upwards of 1,000 milligrams of oxy today. And last year, I went into rehab because I was abusing them, obviously. And that's where I got educated on it and found out that it actually makes you more sensitive to pain. And I'm actually clean now off of them, and I have less pain than I've had since the accident. You know who feels more pain than anyone I've ever met in my life? Oh. Eastside Dave. 
Oh, Dave shit. cannot handle pain at all. Well, is that a, is that a redhead thing? But how could that be? How could redheads feel more pain than anyone else? But in his case, it seems to be true. Yeah, even like even tattoos still like really hurt him. And I remember when there was a spanking thing, and he was screaming, and we were like, after the fact, we were like, uh, "Great bit," and he's like. Dude, I'm serious. She was clubbing. <laughs> like, no, you're getting hit on the ass. It's no big deal. You're fine. The, he would just scream. The branding he, when he got branded on his ass. Oh, but one man crowd. Yeah, he was losing his shit. Uh, another uh, stupid thing with restaurants and Facebook. A cafe owner called out a mom for crumbs on Facebook. And, of course, everybody's mad at the cafe. They brought a, a couple little kids with them, eating cookies, and the stuff went on the floor. And then these people think, I'm going to shame them with I, a public shaming. I got them. This will teach them. Those kids will never leave a crumb ever again. There is uh, an anti-kid thing that exists in the world. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of people who hate kids. Even people that have kids still doesn't mean that they don't hate other people's kids. I'm very uncomfortable around children, so I, I just don't like being around them. But I don't think I hate them. I mean, I, yeah, I, but I just, you get a certain... You'd rather not have a kid here. Yeah. Uh, Even it, Dave's kid. I felt... Yeah, I felt... I just, just children, just being around them, being in the same room with them, makes me feel uncomfortable. But you said you didn't like uh, a kid when you were a kid. Yeah, I... I You'd I, rather I felt, be around adults. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, guys, oh, these fucking kids are assholes. I'd rather be around with the adults. It was very weird. They're talking about dumb stuff. And... <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care about that shit. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't know what has happened with the social media now that they feel the need to more or less slut shame everyone. I'm going to put a picture of them up and show what a disgusting person they are. And then it'll blow up and go, fuck it, it'll fucking show up everywhere. And then I'll re I, re I got them. You work in a fucking restaurant. Crumbs are going to end up on the floor. No. It's now your job to clean that up. It's fucking crazy. The The person who runs this restaurant is an insane person. Um, I don't even know if... Uh, see, the weird thing is, like, you could take our interns, and I bet that they're as dense about their childhood as we are about our children. You know, it, it's almost like once you get out of those little kid years, you never want to go back to them. I don't. That's for damn sure. Like, we shamed um, Molly today by playing her stupid songs. Dinosaur song. Lone Dinosaur. Crazy stuff. All right, it is the Ron and Fez show. Um, another story on the iBag that's crazy is Mexican cartels are recruiting U.S. soldiers as hitmen. Oh, God. And this is one of your favorite, Rich Kids of Instagram now coming to TV. Yeah, the Rich Kids of Instagram, E! Entertainment Television, is uh, creating a show, Rich Kids of Beverly Hills. It's Rich Kids of Instagram on TV. They're grabbing, I, they're, it's it's uh, being developed, so I, I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm sure it'll hit the... Hit, did the airwaves. By the way, did you see how few crumbs were on the floor of that place? Yeah, these people are totally insane. We leave a bigger <laughs> mess when we go out places. I wonder if the cleaning ladies here have, have fucking Twitter accounts. I wish that it was still acceptable to put a bib, uh, like put that thing down your shirt 
<laughs> like in the old days. I guess they were worried because you didn't clean your shirt every day. Yeah. In those days, so you would just take the tablecloth. Mm, yeah, but there's not a person on our show that wouldn't be better off sticking the tablecloth <laughs> down their shirt like that. I definitely have stains all over this shirt. That's nothing new. Um, I guess we'll break then. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Uh, Chris, I know you got a box you want to do, right? The lovable losers. Lovable losers, yeah. Even the losers. Gonna bring it. Get lucky sometimes. We'll also make the unmasked announcement. This is going to be a very strange unmasked. I may go so far to say this may be our first spiritual unmasked. Wow. This is exciting. This is the first unmasked, I think, when we're like pointing at higher self. This is probably the first unmasked that Deepak would like. All right, I'll let him know. Or Depic. Deepak. My Tupac. That wasn't Tupac? No, that was Tupac. I've always called him Tupac. Oh, God. No, Tupac Shakur. Um, Ernie, in Florida, you're on the Renafe show. Hey, you're a million bucks, Ronnie B. But uh, also, uh, you're talking about people who uh, have kids, who hate kids. Um, mine are old, um, they're older, uh, one's in college, the other two are getting out this year, and I go into a restaurant and there's a little kid just freaking doing whatever they do and making noise or being on a jet. I just want to strangle them all. Well, you don't even have to strangle them. All you got to do is frighten them. <laughs> Let them yeah. know that they could get strangled. And you are an adult. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then especially on a jet, they have a tendency to, you know, have, have friends waiting for you at the uh, terminal when you land. Yeah, um, there are some people out there that cannot handle their children. Yet I wouldn't think of slut-shaming them by putting them on, look at these awful kids. Get a vine, get a vine of it. Vine those, those underage people and then just pass them on the internet. All right, we'll be back with the announcement. Uh, there's a great iBang viral up if you go in the viral section, the iBang viral section, uh, and that is a uh, the notebook rain gimmick, where the <laughs> kid is actually using rain to pick up chicks. It's pretty cute. Uh, we'll be right back with the losers and an unmasked announcement. It's the Run of Fez show. Enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's Opie and Anthony channel. More in moments. Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try to tear me down. I was born on the other side of a town ripped in two. I made it over the great divide.
It's just like that wall. God, that's a great movie. Now it's coming to Broadway. I'm somewhat nervous about it. You know who's doing it? Is there any, like, uh, no, like, it's going to be in the cast? Yeah, Doozy, uh, Doogie Hauser is going to be Hedwig. What? That's weird. Why is that weird? You know, this used to be a little off-Broadway play. Yeah. For a long time, and then it was this cult movie and now they're going to like they did the John Waters things make it a big happy Broadway play <laughs> I am happy that you know John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask are going to get fucking paid though you know oh th this this will do ridiculously well if I think anything you know why it's going to do ridiculously well it's going to have Doogie Howser in it yeah. he's beloved and it's like that. It's that that sound. People are going to love it. That glam rock sound. Remember when they took Rocky Hard to Broadway? It wasn't exactly a hit. I don't know because you got to remember a lot of old ladies go to those shows. I don't know. I think the best thing they've got going for it right now is that those people adore Doogie and they will show up for him. And I know that he's nervous about doing it. Did Molly ever uh, send us new songs in? I think she's communicating with her parents to get. Well, she don't have to worry about it today. If she can't find it, 
I like instead of talking, you say communicating. <laughs> All right, it's time to next uh, announce the next unmasked. Uh, this guy is well. There's nobody else like him that I've ever heard of. We're doing this on August twenty eighth, four thirty, right here at the Sirius XM Studios. Um, here's what he's directed: Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Nutty Professor. Liar Liar, Patch Adams, Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty. His name is Tom Shadiak. Now, here's the interesting thing about Tom. Uh, obviously, he became a multimillionaire on this. He gave away all of his money and has moved into a trailer park in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. He... Uh, puts his money into homeless shelters and helping people out and stuff like that. He's a young guy, too. I mean, like, he's 40s, maybe early 50s. Uh, you got an age on him? 54. All right, 54. You could probably use that money for another 30, 35 years. He's got the right, He's set. Those films? Is there no, any, you're set for the rest of your life. Is there a bigger director of comedy films in the 90s? To hit all the, everything you named was no. gigantic. No, these movies are $200 million movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, set. These are gigantic. He ob obviously can always get the comedy out of um, people is working with some of the biggest stars. He's Jim Carrey's dude. I mean, Jim Carrey did arguably his best work with this this man, Tom, Tom Shadiak. I don't know if Eddie Murphy ever made him more, you know, grossed a bigger movie than Nutty Professor. Maybe some of his 80s stuff, but that was definitely his biggest 90s movie yeah. by far. Liar Liar was gigantic. Um, Bruce Almighty, gigantic. These are $200 million plus movies. Now, it's amazing... To not say, you know, at the end of your life, I am giving my money to charity. But to do that in the middle of your life, to say, I don't need all this shit. I'm giving this away to charity. He's done a documentary called I Am about that. I imagine it's a spiritual thing. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but I find him fascinating. And he's written a book. And what is the name of the book? It's a Life's Operating Manual. I really do want people who want to be open to talking and looking into why we do the things we say to show up as this audience. I think this is going to be... Um, I certainly can't think of a of a situation where I'm more interested in why the person's doing what he's doing. Everyone else that I've ever talked to, we've certainly talked about the craft of comedy and the career ideas of comedy, I don't know anyone away who's given away his fortune. All of it. At age 52 or whatever. This is probably like To say, I'm going to live in a trailer. I think he rides a bike or something. And he claims he's happier. I can believe that. I know this. I can honestly say I know that money doesn't make you happy. It doesn't guarantee happiness. But it's certainly better than being broke, Dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, Fuck you yeah. will not just be happy all the time because you have money. Yeah. You'll end up acting like, you know, oh, Vince Neil or somebody. You know? You're still acting out. You're still acting fucking crazy. 
But just a little bit, I don't know. There's a safety net. It's a little easier. It just seems like not worrying about money takes some worries away from your head. Yeah. Like, can't you keep your money and then fucking be spiritually good? <laughs> Oprah seems to do it. Yeah. She's walking around dragging a billion dollars, telling everybody that money ain't important, but she's got a shitload of it. She's got most of it. I don't see uh, Deepak walking in here, broke dick. Nope. He's hanging out with Oprah on the website, meditating. I ain't saying he a gold digger, but I never see him with no broke, broke. Sounds like they're an item. I, I am fascinated by this story. Yeah. And I think this is going to be one of the more interesting um, unmasks that we've ever done. And maybe we'll sit in there and I, along with the audience, will just go like this at him. You're wrong! <laughs> you fucked up your life! No! What are you doing? You're doing a wrong thing! That was a fortune you gave away. Oh, shit! And he's like, I thought you wanted me. I, I thought... No! I thought you said that I should... I was just trying to do what you said. I don't even know you. You gave away all your fucking money, dude! Jim Carrey money! You got no money! <laughs> Jim Carrey's got his money, and he's constantly meditating and shit. He seems pretty happy. I don't know if he's happy. I don't know enough about him. I know nothing could have been wackier than that last video that he did. <laughs> See, that's why I think he's happy. That he's just he's like just doing just weird shit. He's doing whatever he wants. Which one are you talking about? Oh, the uh, the Jim Carrey. You mean? Did Jim Carrey? Okay, the, uh, he's the... happy. I thought you meant Tom. Do uh, you think this Tom Sh uh, Shadyak is happy? He's, I want to see this documentary. It's it, from the sound of it, it. Sounds like him doing this. He's doing what he wants. Wouldn't that make you happy? Right, I'm going to ask you this: right. Have you ever gotten a thing? That has given you long-term happiness. Because I've gotten things that have given me short-term happiness. But even once I had this spectacular fucking house. And only felt like really cool about it for a little while. So it just felt like this is where I live. Um, I bought a head a scalp massager that gives me a lot of happiness. I've had it for a couple of years, and it gives me. And you still, you still like it? Yeah, it's a dude. It's a fuck. Ever use a scalp massager? It's fucking great. It's, it costs five dollars. It's it's giving me so much just physical pleasure out of nowhere. I mean that. I mean that's just something simple and stupid. It's just scratching my own head. Do you ever shampoo or maybe <laughs> condition? Once or twice a week. Because that could give you the same thing that you're looking for. <laughs> Well, ever use one of these things? It'll fucking blow your mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't we have one in the old Fifty Seventh Street? I don't remember. I, I, you yeah. just put it over our heads. Yeah, that's where you fucking got that. No, no, I swear you to God, you stole my fucking scalp no, massager. No, I don't remember ever seeing it in Fifty Seventh Street. Hey, uh, Fez, back me up here. That was yours, and Chris obviously took it home. What? That's bullshit. Regardless, put it, it's put it in your report, Fez. Set no, it down the hall. I don't need any fucking theft charges. Look, fucking that, that that's it gives me happiness. It's straight up. If I start fucking scratching my head with it, it's who on. gave that to us? It was a present. It was. It was a gift. They brought it in. Everybody loved it because we also and you took got it home. a back 
thing from it. It was like a cane that you could stick it in certain places in your back Sick. and just kind of massage that one spot. <clears throat> and there was like things on it. There was like things where you could get an angle on yourself and just oh, force shit. this cane into your back. Yeah, it was great. But yeah, that this thing has brought me happiness. Good, yeah. return it immediately. <laughs> it's not yours. I swear to God. But the then set. where's ours? I don't know. It was a move that happened. I, Things get lost in the I'm move. uncomfortable that you said ours, because now it sounds like me and you shared a scalp massager. Um, what I'd like to do is have him bring it in, and then I want it melt down into scrap metal, and then that scrap metal thrown in the East River. No, but that he, will give me happiness. Destroying the thing that makes me happy? Tom Shadiak. Here's what he's directed. Ace Ventura. Nutty Professor, Liar Liar, Patch Adams, Bruce Almighty, Evan Almighty, and then he gave all of his money away. <laughs> this is fucking unbelievable. It's an unbelievable story. You don't, don't think anyone working with Rob Williams, Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy. I've never heard of anyone doing this before. I've heard of people who say I raise money for other people. And I've raised over, you know, $100 million. But they don't give away all their shit. <laughs> no. It's pretty interesting. He sold all of his homes. Like, he, like, just everything gone. And was like, I don't... I don't need it. I don't know, man. I, I don't do think it. that you do need it. You know what I mean? I don't think that you need... I mean, let's be honest. Do you really need anything more than a small place? No. Do you really need a large car and not a small car? No. No. But we want. Is it so wrong to want? This guy's kind of... I don't even know what his religious leanings are, but it's not like some sort of Buddhist type thing. Where you Yesterday when away. I brought this up to Rob Cross... And he said, is he a Buddha? He kept pushing the Buddhist angle at me. Because Rob has a friend who went Buddhist and is up on a mountaintop somewhere. Feeling good about life, but not, you know, competing like the rest of us. Yeah. Just existing. Thriving, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But not part of the rat race. <laughs> but would you say that you're a happy person? No. I'm not a happy person. Fez, would you say that you're a happy person? No. I would say that I'm happy sometimes. Um, other times I come in here and the Dark Prince is fucking not his army against me. It's not a Dark Prince. There's no army. So you're never happy, Fez? Does that mean you say that you're not happy? You're never happy. No, no, because I'm always nervous and nervous doesn't make me happy. Sunday, when I'm in my apartment... I'll, if I stay in, I'm nervous. If I go out and try to do something, get out in the sun to run away from the nerves in the apartment, I'm still nervous. You think there's nerves in the apartment? It's like, sometimes it's like all of a sudden the walls are closing in on me, mm -hmm. and I gotta get outside, and then I'm just nervous outside. I think you fucked up your meds. I tried to bring up one of those two fucking screen, those two uh, directors today. They didn't give a shit. Yeah, they didn't have any answers for Fez. Are you like Fez? You were never happy? Oh, no. no I'm, I, I was saying that overall, I'm probably I'm more unhappy than I'm happy. But yeah, there's times I'm happy, of course. I'm not, no, Fez. Okay, I, there's times that you're happy. Are you ever just content <laughs> or just okay? 
You know, just sitting around. Yeah. But a lot of times I but feel... But you ever said to yourself, hey, this feels good being content? And maybe I'll look back and say, hey, I was feeling pretty good that time. That was nice. But you can't feel it at the time. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I feel... Yeah, I, I have a hard time feeling it in the moment. And they'll look Ooh. back and I was like, oh, wait, that was pretty good. Um, Bo, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, that bit with uh, the humming earlier was hilarious. I got in that time. But I'm calling about the uh, the philanthropic thing of Shadyac. I think it's awesome that he does that. But um, And I'm not sure if this is common knowledge or not, but George Lucas, after the sale of Star Wars to Disney, that $4.03 or $06 billion that he got, not a cent of that was kept. And God knows he's got enough money, but... Well, yeah, yeah I think that this is, is a different situation because we can even go to Bill Gates. Bill Gates is given away more than George Lucas. But the fact of the matter is, it's not changing Bill Gates' lifestyle, and this is not changing George Lucas's lifestyle. Nope. Shadyac said, I'm giving away my stuff, not my extra stuff. I'm giving away everything. All of it. I gone. mean, wouldn't you be shocked if you heard that George Lucas was uh, living in a trailer or something? <laughs> you fucking weird out. I will tell you the truth. I know this for a fact. One of probably the richest people in the country at the time who has built a brand still known today. And this brand is probably over 100 years uh, old. Gave away everything and was living in a one-bedroom apartment when he died. Gave everything away. Then you guys know this story? No. Sounds familiar, but I, don't, I don't, can't name the person. It wasn't familiar to me before I went there and heard the story. I was stunned by it. Who was it? Not only is there a brand known all over the world, there's actually a town named after him because there was no town until he started his factory it's hershey hershey died like that he gave everything away oh. and very happily lived in a, a one bedroom uh or a, a apartment that was like almost like an old folks home that he had built you know what i mean something like that never his intention never was to make a lot of money it was more you know to make this product and to put people to work and to have the fun of that. Damn. I, never, I, I, no I have I, never heard that story before. There's you no would, way that you would. You would think... They, they're not going to show it during a cartoon. Uh, it doesn't show up during wrestling. Hicks, in your case, it's yeah. not written in the bottom of a beer bottle. <laughs> they should put little facts like that at the bottom, though. Give me your lovable losers. All right. Lovable losers. These are products, brands that... Brilliant. We're fucking loved. Give me the uh, shelf to mull in, too. Yeah. See if they even have any uh, idea. Now, I'm going to probably say, before I even look at your stuff, yeah. I'm not a guy who loves brands. Yeah. So this may, some of these I may not know or care about them th that much. But I, I found this interesting. Since the CBS and Showtime have gotten off, and I've watched several shows on both those networks... I've decided not to give a shit, and I haven't. That's good. I don't. I just don't care. I think it's like when they go, "Oh, they're not playing baseball this year." I don't give a fuck. Good. I'll do something else. I'm just pointing that out. That I think I'm a a little bit of like a Tom Shadyac myself. That's Are nice. you familiar with this guy at all? 
I'm not like familiar with his work. I'm, I didn't know about his whole. God damn it, thing. Shelby! And you're supposed to be my number one comedy guy. Shelby, come where's on, your dinosaur song? Fortunately, I not don't have one. But I looked up like Tom Shadyac. But his trailer is pretty. It's a pretty nice. Cush trailer that he's living in. Why well, do you expect him to live in a shit trailer? Yeah, come on. I mean, is it going to be rusty? <laughs> Why do you got to fucking always attack like a nice thing and act like, yeah, but. Does he have a car or is he riding around on a bike? I think unicycle it. He doesn't even don't take be, up two don't wheels. Be like this. See, he's my joker. He's the constant joker. Having a good time over there, jokester. What if Google Facts was fucking joking about everything? I wouldn't know anything. <laughs> Are you communicating with your family to find those other tapes? I've been communicating with them, and they've <laughs> dug into the Disney vault, a.k.a. my dad's computer, and dug up some pretty solid work. Oh, really? So we are going to hear more? Yes. Um, all right. Well, first I want to do Chris Stanley's Lovable Losers. It's up on the iBank. Right, I thought of this, but um, I bought a Sega Dreamcast off eBay. Now... I, it came out in 2000. It was a video, an old old school video game system. Yeah, 13 years old now. I don't know for whatever reason uh, it caught me at the t right time where that I just became obsessed with this video game system. I haven't really bought many since then. I don't play video games that often at all anymore. But this system was the first to go online. It was the, one of the first to have you play four players at a time. It was to it was literally universally beloved. Then why why did it go away? What how did they get beat? Uh, the PlayStation Two came out, and at the time it was also when broadband was going popular or game everyone was starting to get like cable modems. Yeah, and their video games were so easy to bootleg and rip off that it became you could just download any new video game. It, it, so they killed the company. Yeah, by being fucking thieves. Pretty much, yeah. It, and, it, and Sega has never made another video game system since. Once this failed, their heart was broken. <laughs> it just destroyed because it was it was fucking universal. Everyone was like, "This thing is amazing." At the time in two thousand, people were losing their shit. They had it also. It also had like, uh, do you remember NFL two K two? It mm -hmm. was like the main competitor to Madden before Madden got the, the NFL yeah. license. Like it was a major, it was a major, major system. And then, but now I never it's played gone. this game at all. I never it, played with this system. It's really, it was fucking fantastic. And Isn't it terrible, I bet that works. Mm. And we have people come in. At least you're here every day. People come in and they don't know what to do. These are the worst mic stands I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there's a trick to actually moving them. You have to have like a, it's a skill. Well, we do a thing where we completely ignore people once we bring them in. <laughs> a, they're cold, they can't work the chairs. And then B, they can't work the mic stands. Alright, so that was the only lovable brand that's gone? No, no, no. That, that, was, just the one, that was just one of many. Also yeah. the Polaroid camera. I don't know if anyone remembers the Polaroid camera. That was around for like fucking forty years. Yeah, but that, but then eventually it just it just fucking died because people didn't want to have. Well, all film died. Yeah, but uh, I remember in you know nine eleven I uh, still had a film camera at that time, so that was what twelve years ago. Yeah, and now I don't think there's anywhere I know in town. That you could do the one-hour film development. <laughs> People just don't have film. Yeah. But I will also say this: I don't think they care about their pictures as much as they used to. Oh, without a doubt, no. Because like, you know, this phone you take, you'll, you'll have a thousand fucking pictures <laughs> on a cell phone, and then you'll have a thousand on your Facebook account. You just—it's disposable. That's, you think it's disposable? I tell Molly, do not take pictures for your boyfriends and send them out, because they will end up on exgirlfriend.com. <laughs> no selfies. Right now, you trust Shelby. But later, when you break up with them, you won't. 
he's going to do bad things. If you could be with either Shelby or Kokomo Joe, if it was a mystery date, who would you go out with? Kokomo Joe. Okay, it's not even close. Yeah, I would choose Joe, too. You know something? Oh, Jesus Christ. You're, just, you're an awful person. What? <laughs> Everyone says question. it here. Huh? It's an honest answer. So sometimes be dishonest. <laughs> go ahead. What else? You got be there? a liar. BLTs? Um, is that the <laughs> next thing that disappeared? No. Uh, this is something Molly... Uh, I'd like to have that for dinner tonight, please. <laughs> now that I remind myself. Was said about it's oxyg oxygenating, fizzing, cleaning, cleanser, <laughs> clean and clear. <laughs> I don't even know what this. this is. I know either. This she was like, this was, was the best. the greatest thing ever. You put it on your face dry, uh -huh. and it fizzed. It turned into like this special foam. I've never heard of this. <laughs> it was the greatest thing in the world. I remember at summer camp, we used to steal it from each other. That's how obsessed we were. And then but That's not good. I... I don't know what happened to it. It went. It, I guess they discontinued the product, and I seriously want to use it again because I just can't believe how awesome so you, it was. So you put a dry powder on your face? No, 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 it was like a gel. Okay. But you didn't wet your face, and you just like spread it over your face, and it was like a gel, and then eventually it started to foam. It was the greatest. It's like thing a weird ever. facial. Yeah, it was like a weird face wash, but it was like I it bet smelled it's all because great. It's a bad chemical for you. Yeah, it <laughs> I was bet kids' you. faces were coming off. <laughs> How about if some weird lube or something should not have been putting that on your face? Uh, this makes a lot more sense to me than the Polaroid, which had a gigantic long run and made everybody tons of money. <laughs> that just went by because time needed to leave. You know, the technology changed. I think people still love Polaroid. Yeah. I think they're, they're sad that All Polaroid's All you gotta do gone. is go get one. I know, and I hate to use the word hipster, yeah. but I do know hipsters will carry around a Polaroid camera. But I assumed, ironically, look no. at retro. No, though they you can you can go on eBay. Like I went to buy a guy named Dreamcast, and you could buy the people just hoarded up the the, the fucking the photos. But I think film. that instant film would still be popular. It's not like that people don't like film that they like prefer digital quality. They just prefer the like the quickness of digital. Over instant film, but it's also I mean, pretty. Over... Uh, Polaroid's film and all is pretty expensive compared to just sitting and clicking your phone. Hack, 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 hack. <laughs> yep, constantly. True. All right, so foam face is gone. I miss it. I never it. heard of the. Uh, I never heard of this one at all. No, I, I don't. I've never used a face cleanser in my life. All right, what's the next one? <laughs> uh, Shelby apparently was going on about uh, Oreo O's cereal. You could eat Oreos for breakfast. The, it was a great time for America. There were no rules. I did eat Oreos for breakfast. I didn't eat a cereal. Well, I'm not that not that kind of an animal. Just eating cookies oh, for breakfast. Oh, shit! Shut down! I said he's fooling himself by acting like the cereal was any better than the cookies. Why they discontinued it, I don't know. I mean, you still had the cookie crisp cereal, but I mean, you know, you don't... Why waste your time None with that? None of the, the... They treat cereals now like they're movies. Like, they only come out for a year. Yeah. And then they're gone. A cereal used to be like the Polaroid, you know... Corn cornflakes have always been here, <laughs> Cheerios. But now, if there's some kind of new cereal, you can you know it's got a short shelf life. We're never going to get a a, a major brand cereal that lasts like the old ones. Now they have like fruity Cheerios when we already have Fruit Loops. It's just I don't know what's going on in the cereal world. All right, I got an idea for you. Yeah, fruity Cheerios, cherry flavored Oreos. Oh shit. So, oh, no, it'd be cherry-flavored Cheerios. Oreos have nothing to do with this. 
You can still actually get the Oreo cereal in South Korea, of all places. Like, they just love it so much, they're like, no, we'll continue it in South Korea. All right, I got an idea. It's called orgasms. Oh. Every time you eat one, you have an orgasm. Oh, it's going to get messy after a while. Everyone's going to love it. Just don't overeat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop jizzing. These fucking orgasms. Wait, oh, my even God. <laughs> I can't stop jizzing. The Chris Stanley stuff. <laughs> it just keeps coming out. God, you disgusting. I hope well, somebody you know. isolates that and turns it into something. Yeah, I'd like to isolate it and then destroy it. Oh, no. <laughs> God. I never had Oreos. Um, Josh, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, how's it going, Ronnie? A little while business. ago, you were talking about um, Hershey. Yeah. Me and my family go to Hershey, Pennsylvania quite often, yeah, and they have a, a trolley ride you can take, and they tell you the history of the town and, and Mr. Hershey. Um, he Not only did he give his money away, but when he did have the money, he would choose a child from the, uh, the neighborhood and bring him to live with him, put him through school, put him through college, and then give him a job right afterwards. He's a great man. So, so he gave a lot, a lot, lot back to the, uh, the community. Was he a certain religion, though? Was he like... Uh... I... Don't remember tonight or something. I'm not sure, but I know like if you go up to um, Hershey, Pennsylvania, oh, and you go up there. on the other side of the the factory, you go up on the hill, you can actually see his house, and he has all these other houses next to it, and that's where he used to put up the kids. There, uh, the lights there look like uh, Hershey, like little Hershey kisses. Cool. Yeah, and baller. they have old wooden uh, roller coasters. It feels like you're in 1900. But then they put in the new roller coasters, which, I mean, what's the whole point? And candy bars also walk around the park and wave to you. Like, hi, I'm a crackle. You're the best. Yeah. Hi, crackle. I think you're sweet. Aw. One of the class trips. One of the class trips to Hershey Park. It was awesome. I had a friend yeah, who... So did I used to go there, too. I had great. a friend who, like, he... He's like a singer in a band during the past summer. He worked as like a in like a barbershop quartet there, <laughs> <laughs> like audition, like a strenuous process. What kind of fucking cool people you hanging out with? <laughs> barbershop quartet. It's a pretty rough crowd. Well, oh, they are Mendonites. Milton Hershey was a Mendonite. Huh. And that's like a it's like a low grade Amish. Yeah, right. It's like an Amish will use a urinal. Yeah, they they <laughs> get like a pass or whatever to act in fucking modern times. There's no pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I watched that fuck one of those Amish TV reality yeah, TV shows. A Mendonite is not an Amish. A Mendonite is like what a Protestant is to a Catholic. It's oh, low grade. Come on. It's watered down. Bullshit. Yeah. They shouldn't even be associated with the Amish then. Because Amish are hardcore. Those guys Amish don't give a fuck. Amish the real deal. They don't give a fuck. They ain't using electricity. But they, wouldn't, they wouldn't start a Hershey factory. You know? I guess they make chocolate out of wood there. <laughs> they fucking... Nasty. I like the way they fried chicken. I'm not going to lie to you. Never had any. But I like a family style. You never went over to Amish country and ate? No, never. You go over there and they just put out this like... Real simple food. It's like mashed potatoes and corn and big bowls of fried chicken, and you just sit and eat with them. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's delicious. Let's go there. They always had quality denim whenever I saw them. Like, you know what? It's true. They they they, they think denim every day. Like some designer like jeans overalls are never out with them. They're like, <laughs> fuck no, we need overalls. But um, you know the horse and buggy thing. 
You can't have a horse and buggy and then try to go down the highway. You got to be like, dude, we're not keeping up. Either your horse and buggy in on, on the grass, or you just don't do it. That's my opinion. I found out all those horse and buggy horses are all just broken down race horses. They go, they go to the tracks and buy them, and sell them back to the farmers. Um, here's failure on the run of face show. Hey Ronnie, I know what uh, religion the Hershey guy was. He was a uh, he was a chocolatier. <laughs> you done? You done being the least funniest person in the world? Jason, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy, that is Fire Report. Good, we need one. Uh, this just been on Open Radio Twitter. So happy to announce that Troy Kwan will not be getting fired. And he says a huge thanks to SiriusXM for doing the right thing. Spy Report. Beautiful. Fez's little uh, bit did not uh, go as planned. Congratulations, Troy. Nice. No, get even with him. There that he is. That was not <laughs> my plan. Mm -hmm. Crosshairs. I've seen some really interesting spellings of the last name Quan throughout this whole thing. People get really <laughs> creative. Well, that's good news. Congratulations, Troy. Nice. You ducked Watley's wrath. You can't beat that. He got lit up a little bit, but he's standing tall now. Mm -hmm. And Fez, this is the worst thing. When you attempt to someone to kill someone and you don't finish the job. <laughs> I did not you attempt keep, to kill anyone. You better keep your head on a swivel now. And I guess we're all free to use that word. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I gave for Hallways are going to be yeah. flush with it. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, what else you got? Uh, Surge Soda. A few people wanted to talk about this because it, apparently I never drank Surge, but it was ridiculously popular. It was like, I guess, a Mountain Dew. It was Dew the first speed, right? It was the first speed. <sighs> Jolt before that, but then, yeah, Surge, I guess, was just super caffeinated, Mountain Dew-like. I used to get jacked up. <laughs> Hardcore on this. <laughs> well, you, you get more of a sugar high or a caffeine high? Kind of a body high with it now. Okay. But now, like... You and the barbershop quartet, be fucking. Every soda now is pretty much this, but yeah, people like are it is still true. reminisce about it. Yeah, there's a safesurge.com. People are still trying to, try to get Coke to remake it. Like, please, please make more Surge. We need more. It's really it's weird. fucking Mountain Dew. Let's not make a big deal out of it. I know, I know, that's what I'm saying, but people can't get enough of this shit. And then there's the flip cameras. Remember flip cameras? They yeah. died out. Everyone loved them. And Cis when Cisco uh, Cisco Computers bought them, that was pretty. It was pretty much the end. And with the development of smartphones having better video, the flip camera just gone. It was sad because there was a lot. Of, it was a lot. It's a great product. It's a tiny little HD camera. It was perfect. Mm. And, they, and GoPro also put them out. Because now everyone's using GoPros, and that guy's worth a few billion dollars. Well, you should be, because I've never seen something take over the way it has that. Everything. Everything. Yeah, half the every, YouTubes are now GoPros. Yeah, every aspect of life now is just GoPro. Mm -hmm. And finally, the Trio TV network, which died officially died out 2005, and I feel like it was ahead of its time, because it was a, a pop culture. It was be a pop oh, it was culture. Very cool. It was a really cool network. When they did uh, Brilliant but Cancelled yeah. was, was the best thing that's ever been on TV. They would do s shows that didn't get picked up. And you'd see a pilot 
with people that you know from other shows <laughs> attempting this one thing. And it was great. It was terrific. It just it just started too early. It, it, if, it's, if someone launched Trail today... Here's the difference. Nothing that points even slightly high can make it. So uh. Trio would have some really nice music things. Bravo used to be the same way, and they turned into whores smacking each other. Yeah. And if you want to be, if you want to have success now, whores smacking each other. You will find out most people are not cool and have a taste for shit. <laughs> Sad. Speaking of uh, taste for shit, looks like Watley just ate ass because <laughs> you tried something, it didn't work, and now you got to live with the consequences. This changes everything. All right, I got a break one more time. One last time. We'll come back and uh, wrap this show up. Run Fez. Ron Bennington. Right. All right. Fez Wally. Yeah. This is the, the Ron and Fez Show. This movie's so good. Hedwig and the Angry Inch is the artist of the day. You know, we're all excited about 
Fez failing against Troy. I'm going to put the, and after Molly came in, having some great songs of herself when she was nine. Lone Dinosaur. I hope younger than nine. No, way younger than nine. Okay, yeah, that would have been too weird. <laughs> and, of course, Jay Moore. I'm going to put Chris Stanley's birthday party back on. Oh, thank God. Yes. I get to open Saratoga Chicks present tomorrow. R write me one of the surprises he got. Uh, every day I've been disappointed. <laughs> um, but I know we're coming along fast now, right, Fez? Yeah. We're all feeling good about it? Oh, man, yeah. Till, now it's tomorrow. Like, yeah. fucking two days ago, I was like, hey, we got two days. There's a couple things. <laughs> I hope this is good. Come on, dude. Seriously. <laughs> Let's really make it great instead of shitty. I want this to be the best thing that ever happened. Let's pop bottles. Let's yeah. get some fucking baller-ass food up in this motherfucker. What do you want your playlist to be? Oof. For 30? 30 years old. Yeah. Jesus. I guess you're going to probably want to go with like a Pat Boone <laughs> or something <laughs> that's more age-appropriate. No! Fuck that! <laughs> I mean, I th I've always felt like Fish is good fucking happy music. Fish party music. It's your day. Thank you. All right, then Fish it is. Yay. Well, you know what? If you want, we'll play Fish. We'll fulfill this up with water and be like an aquarium. <laughs> We're surrounded by glass. Airtight. Yeah, we'll make this a fish party. Oh, hell yeah. You want fish sticks? Love fish sticks. Um, Shelby, you're already nervous about your contest next week, huh? Little, little bit right now. Should be. Yeah, Molly's. You said you're down and ready, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just have little worries about content. You know. What is your content worry? I mean, you're gonna get satellite time. Yeah, man. National. I mean, only everyone likes to fucking step on me and attack me <laughs> yeah. and act like I'm a fucking jerk off that should get stabbed in the back all the time. But I go out of my way to make sure that these kids are getting an air check, a live air check. This is the dream. Yeah, it's this huge. is the dream. People would kill for this. They would just slit the throats of people to get to get place this. I'm just afraid that we're just. I'm just gonna get marred down in some sports talk <sighs> hell and not sports be able is to where get it's at it. today. It's hot sports fire. where it is in this market. So anyone wants sports is hot. Okay, yeah. wants sports about. is king. Jerry Barker. You want Barca to be in with you guys? God, no. But <laughs> What the fuck? Why do you guys take shots at fucking Jerry Barca? He hates Barca. How could you hate Jerry Barca? He hates everybody. He oh, does. yeah. <laughs> he hates human beings. <laughs> Justin Bieber is you know, pretty hot right now, too. That not jumping all over that. The Bieber hour. I like your attitude. I like your attitude there. Here, you're going to do a live read for the next time, Mass. Let's see how you do. This is really nice. sell this shit. Sell Tom it hard. Shadyac. It's going to be happening Wednesday, August 29th at 4.30 here in Midtown Manhattan. 28th. August 28th. What did I say? 29th. Well, that's actually happening on the 28th, not the 29th, so change those plans. We're going to like it if you would get here by 4 p.m. on the 28th. Again, Tom Shadyac. He's directed such films, you know, from Ace Ventura, The Nutty Professor, Bruce Almighty... And it's amazing sequel, Evan Almighty. We're going to be doing an Unmasked just, with him. Just a bad person. <laughs> just He's right, Dad. Get your tickets now. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Go to the iBank right now to sign up. 
it's going to be a very spiritual day for us, I believe. I, I cannot believe this guy gave away all of his money. Uh, another thing I never saw coming. Somehow, according to Opie's Twitter, Troy has taken Fez's knife out of his back. And yeah, I can admit it now. Fez was behind Troy getting fired. I can I admit that. I wasn't behind any of that. I'm willing to finally admit the truth. That's good to get that out there. Yeah. It's good that everyone knows now. And I was going to take that to my grave if Troy got fired. Yeah. But now I can admit the truth. Well, everything's okay now. Well, yeah. At least not for Fez, because Troy's coming back. He also asked for Sam to get fired, too. Holy... F he didn't, Sam didn't even say anything. Glared at him. Oh. <laughs> stink eye. Okay. That one was stink eye. All right. Let's see how it is. Way to go, Troy. I'm you, proud of you. You beat him. You know what I'm going to try to do now, though? What's that? Lure him into an argument any chance I yes. get in the hall. Because <laughs> no one will believe him. It's open season on the air. It is. You can say whatever the hell you want. <laughs> we'll just have to take it. Uh, we need to plug anything else over at the iBank, Chris. This is your last day of sobriety on the air for a while. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think everyone should still go see the Penelope Cruz's ridiculous homage lingerie. to the S. Yeah, it's the homage to the S. It, it, she, it's her first thing she's ever directed. It's a lingerie commercial. Go check that shit out. You won't be fucking sad about that. That's it? Nothing else you want to push? The Manning Brothers music video is up. Oh, everyone is losing it over that. Oh, I've seen that where it's been called Genius, as they do an old rap act. I like it. For some reason, since it's the Manning Brothers, we all have to bow and adore, no matter what they do. Love Manning Brothers. They got three rings between them. They are. They are the Together, sh they're Tom Brady. They're the That's shit. how good they are. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys back in here for a drinking show. Oh Chris Stanley will be drunk on the air. Happy birthday to Chris. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.